Oh, hey, hey, Mr. Cruz, are you are you busy? Oh, it's fine. I was, yeah, come on in. I was just dusting off the shelves where I would have put my three Oscars that I was nominated for, but never won. Hey, what are you? What are you? Um, what are you doing? What do you need? Oh, I was just I was just on the phone uh, with with this charity. They're wondering if you had any memorabilia that you wanted to give away. I was suggesting maybe one of the swords that you kept from the Last Samurai. Those are gifts. I mean, yeah, I understand, but this is for such a really good cause. It's a children's cancer. They were gifts from Kazumoto. Uh, oh, uh, you mean from Ken Watanabe? Kazu- the Last Samurai, yeah. Kazumoto. The, was a was a character in the movie The Last Samurai, but that man gave me those swords, and you want to take? The last samurai swords from the last samurai. I mean, I you know I don't want to be that person, but were you really the last samurai? Because you know, if you think about well, it, I don't want to be that person. Pearl? But guess whose it's, face is between the words Tom Cruise and Last Samurai on the DVD cover? Go go. Hey hey, pull out that DVD right behind you on the shelf. Whose face is that? Uh, okay, uh, y- yours. You goddamn right. Who's paying your checks? You? So Kazumoto gave me, your boss, this sword, and you want to take it from me. You want to gentrify this sword from the last samurai. How dare you? If you don't. If you don't get the hell out of my office, this ain't no prop. We could do this right now. No, no, no. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we break down these white savior films deconstruct them, and then recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. I am the other Cameron Mason sucking on a Ricola. Yeah, I was going to say Cameron's eating something. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's my fault. But we have we have another great episode for you today because we're, we're talking about a movie that I, I hadn't seen. And Cameron, you this is the first time you've seen it, too? It's like the first and a half time I've seen this. But we have a guest today that definitely, like, before we came on, says they know this movie, like back of their hand you know so we're gonna we're gonna test that out but we have uh from the focal channel on youtube which you can watch which is filmmakers of color and luster marathon videopathy thanks for having me on yeah man yeah i'm doing good it's uh 10 50 a.m uh yeah my, you know the first thing it's my day off i'm i'm ready <laughs> yeah thanks for having me on this Lit. is like really really cool yeah well Baritone, you're our first international guest so this is like we're yeah. we're making moves Sick. here uh so <laughs> <laughs> but uh tell everybody a little bit about about your focal channel because i discovered it when we were doing our temple of doom episode where uh you have a great video on indiana jones and just like so many things in that that were surprising to me, not even from the standpoint of like they would even do that because of course they would, but more so it's just like the 
deliberate, like the fact that there was brown face in every Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> and that one dude, uh, I forget what his name was, but he was in three of them just as three different brown people big big giant brown people yeah but he wasn't brown himself <laughs> no <laughs> it was just like they just kept bringing him back like we wouldn't notice that he wasn't <laughs> that he was just a white dude but also that we wouldn't notice that he's been in all of these films so at a certain point it was like this is intentional like mm. you're doing this on purpose to fuck with us but can you tell us a little bit about how how the channel came to be and what people can expect when they check it out uh okay sure um i started it quite a while ago so like five years ago and i don't even have that many videos so um mm-hmm. uh but yeah just uh describing the channel i guess when i first uh made it um uh, i'm a filmmaker as well and uh i guess diversity in film and just having a broad range of um uh, messages and and people that you see on screen um has always been really really important to me and i just found myself arguing with so many white people all the time about films and i'm just like you know that's kind of racist right um and just being like yeah living in um so i'm in nam which is known as melbourne um in so-called australia and a lot of like tons and tons of white people like mostly my whole life grown up with white people so that's just the majority of my friends are white um and yeah it's just been really really hard even just on social media i would just talk about certain things and i just would get a lot of pushback people just being like you're being too sensitive blah 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 um i just like really really irked me um i did have a little tumblr at one stage which was like the the progenitor of this um channel i guess where i just did reviews and i just said it was like was it no white males club so i just did focused on um directors that weren't white dudes um and that was like a really fun experiment um then learn editing and then i was like oh why don't i make video essays that would be cool um yeah like strength of my editing skills and focus on yeah filmmakers of color um i needed a cool acronym so i was like foc fuck doesn't sound (laughs) it doesn't roll off the tongue very well so i was like and i was like focal that sounds like a cool thing all right what can i and something to it and then i was like and luster and i was like luster is a cool word and also kind of you know, gives you this sense of like prestige or some kind of, um, or just like something cool, you know, just to be like spotlight, like these are the things that I'm excited about. And so I've done a, quite a few video essays, um, just like tackling like different film techniques or kind of, um, uh, the messaging behind certain films. Um, but then yeah, the, the temple of doom one was, um, my first foray into doing a video on a white director because sure exactly how i did i think it just came on on my newsfeed again just like oh one of my friends was saying one of my white friends was like hey you should deconstruct uh indiana jones and the way he said it was like i'm a white guy and this is my favorite film and i just like you to make a cool video essay about it and i was like oh you know i don't really make video essays about like white people um yeah and so i watched the first one i was like damn this is really racist (laughs) um and so I was like, oh, I just, like started jotting notes. I was like, oh shit, I think I got to talk about this. And I was like, I watched this, and then I watched the second one. And I was like, I was like, I really got to talk about this. Oh yeah. Um, and so that just involved like so much research, um, which was like really really fun, like delving into um, yeah colonialism, um, colonization, and just like the real life kind of inspirations behind a lot of these things, whether it's like the artifacts that are involved or the types of people and stuff like that. So like every, anything, anytime anything was name dropped, I'd like 
check it out. And I'd be like, hey, this is based on like a real thing. And I was like, oh, wow, it's kind of like been insensitive like you know there's white people just talking about certain things and i was like yeah it's obviously just really really pervasive the way just white people could just like take bits and pieces of different cultures and just put it in a film and just like it's like yeah it's cool it's just you know setting for a white character to do, to do something cool but yeah i think that kind of squares it up with the channel unless you had any specific yeah. questions oh no yeah i mean i think that it's it's definitely something to consider with a lot of these movies just because you know what we do when we're looking at these films obviously we we want to add a little bit of of humor and entertainment to it because you know like some of the stuff is just wild it's just crazy so, it's so just, crazy we need to laugh yeah there's nothing that you can do but but laugh at it but some of it is also harmful like you know just the mm. the portrayals and in the sense of coming at it from a representation standpoint where you know when you want to see yourself on film, right? Like your options can be limited sometimes. And then when you finally get to see yourself, like you're these characters, right? Like in these big yeah. budget, like Oscar winning films, like there's you a slave or there's you like, you know, somebody who's, who's An indigenous kind of like, person with a bone through their nose or something yeah. like that. And you're like, y'all spent all this money to put a bone through my nose. Like, right. Come on. Like you're just a, a an inconsequential secondary character in this larger narrative about this white man who did something yeah. and you're just and like, usually a stereotype of said character because they didn't right. have anybody to do actual research about it mm. right and so you know like it, it is definitely useful to know not only you know the behind the scenes and kind of all of the true history behind these movies that are espousing themselves as history, you know, because I think that a lot of people watch these movies and they're like, I know something now. And it's like, none of that's real. Like, <laughs> that's true. Like, you, you <laughs> what know, do you actually uh, know now? Yeah, you know, a Hollywood version of history that history often does not fit into a nice narrative bow, right? Like things mm. start, stop, you know, kind of take place in in a, a non-linear fashion in the sense of like it's not yeah. always like oh yeah in a few weeks these events happen right like it, it's often broken up yeah. into large or just like how time. people evolve you know it's like yeah when, when the movie ends it's like oh they've completed their transformation they're never going to say something bad ever again or never do anything it's like we're not like that you know they've changed you know they've yeah. changed forever completely. <laughs> forever but also just when you're looking at movies that are like the movie we're going to talk about today, where, where, where it's trying to t like show a culture at a particular place and time. And it's not necessarily focusing on the culture as much as it's focusing on this individual person's journey. And so you come away thinking, oh, like I know something about that. Or it's like, I mean, not really. <laughs> like, you know, what this movie wanted you to know that fit into how it would, would play out best, you know, story-wise, but like from a historical standpoint, you know, because history, yeah, I mean, a lot of it can be like, wow, that's crazy that that even took place. But some of it's just it's just facts, you know, and it's not always flashy or, you know, something that is, I guess, Hollywood worthy in the sense of like, we need to spend $400 million, you know, turning this into a movie. But like, it still shouldn't be changed to such an extent that a large majority of people because people people watch these movies in droves, right? Like right. these aren't movies that are shown, you know, on a, on an indie film circuit. Like these are multi-million, like dances mm -hmm. with the wolves, the highest grossing Western of all time. 
won best picture, you know, like all like, and then when that stuff happens, people are like, we, well, I have to see that movie, right? Like I have to watch it because it is like a, a good movie as right. opposed to like, well, I mean, you could not, you do not watch it. Like it's not, it's not necessary viewing just because you could avoid it. Yeah. It has all these accolades. There's nothing that said you have to see it. Yes. Uh, yeah. But then people to, in order to get that history lesson. For sure. But then people oftentimes also get really defensive about this stuff, right? Like they don't like you telling them that, yeah, sure, it's not like racist in the sense of like, you know, they're using slurs and doing all this other stuff, but it's mm. racist in the sense that like, you know, you've created a character only to be like a cipher and like a supporting cog in a larger narrative where like I am irrelevant. You know, like I'm just here to be a check on your diversity bingo board, you know, and then you can just keep it moving while mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. I'm in the background. And it's like, well, that, that's all you shouldn't do that either. But uh, let's let's get to the movie that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Barathon, what was the film that you chose for us to watch? Uh, I chose The Last Samurai, directed by <laughs> Edward Zwick. Don't know how you pronounce it. I mean, uh, is it Zwick or? That works. That works. Pretty me. sure it's Zwick. Yeah. Uh, and what is it? What is it about this movie that drew you to it, but also that you you wanted to talk about today? Uh, I've got a bit of a fun story, I guess. Um, so this is two thousand and three in December. Uh, go to the movie theater with my best friend, my two older brothers, um, so I can see like a you know a, a rated higher movie because um, I'm like mm-hmm. eleven then. Um, and we've just saw Return of the King a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, we have to watch that again. Like, that's amazing. Please, let's go. My brother's like, oh, we already watched that. And I was like, oh, but my friend hasn't watched Return of the King. They're like, no, 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 we're not going to watch that again. I was like, all right. I was like, what are we going to watch? They're like, The Last Samurai. I was like, that sounds kind of cool. All right, let's let's watch this. Um, And yeah, as a kid, absolutely loved it. Um, Watched it a lot of times since then. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just growing up, I would just see it all the time. Um, Gave me a real fondness for Japanese culture. Um, and history, I guess, even though I'm not, you know, super well studied. Um, but yeah, rewatching it now. Yep. There's a lot of stuff in there. (laughs) It's like, I could still like the film, but I'm like, whoa, all right. You know, everything obviously like talked about, um, you know, you, you guys have given me a list of, uh, films you want to talk about and thinking about the Indiana Jones video I did, I was like, you know, I had to try and go in with a, you know, set my history aside with with this film and just go in it with like oh if i'm just you know clued into how i would analyze a film that came out today how would i analyze it i'm like whoa there's a yeah there's a lot of uh, problematic things to talk about um mm-hmm. yeah. but like yeah really interesting things to talk about as well yeah well just a, a little background on the last samurai it came out in 2003 uh it was directed by edward zick who has done a lot of other movies notably glory which was also a big war epic. And there was another movie that he did that was also a big war epic. Um, let's look it up. He did Defiance. I think it was Courage Under Fire. Oh, yeah. I guess that's not as epic, but yeah. But just just more war movies. He also has done Blood Diamond. Yeah. And Yeah, that's interesting um, as well. <laughs> I watched. Yeah. I only watched that recently and that has some... Uh, so I definitely think there's some themes in terms of what he thinks yeah. is interesting and how he thinks a film can be presented like your boy Zwick wants to wants to talk about a certain subject yeah stars tom cruise uh also stars ken watanabe this was his first like english role like or western role really because before this i think he was you know a big 
actor in Japan, but this was like his his big kind of breakthrough crossover role. Um, budget for this movie is $140 million. Box office for it was $456.8 million. So turn the profit, definitely made some money. I'm going I'm going to try my best to really give you the uh, the 5 minute version of this movie. Let's do it. There's a lot happening here. We're going to see <laughs> what I can do. Uh Cameron, I I'm going to hit got the that, timer. I'm going to hit you the got timer. That timer but, out. You know, like just just flow, baby. Just flow. All right. All right. All right. 3 2 1. All right. So, this movie starts out a, a little bit after uh the Civil War. And we are introduced to Captain Nathan Algren, who's played by Tom Cruise. He's he's down and out. He's an alcoholic. He's out here doing like gun demonstrations. I think for the for, Winchester Company. Yeah, and uh, I mean he he he's also like got some some lingering trauma issues from his time in the war because you're seeing him kind of flashback, and he's just. Not in a good space. He's going, he's doing this demonstration. His, his boy from the war has kind of shown up to watch him. And like, he probably gets fired because he's drunkenly firing into the crowd. Uh, but his, his boy is like, yo, you don't need that job because I got you a better job. And they go over to meet with a few other people who, uh, one of them is Amora, right? Amora is uh, from Japan and he is in service of the emperor and basically is there because Japan wants to bring over Western military to train their military in order to quell a a rebellion that's happening in Japan with the samurai. And so for whatever reason, (laughs) they've got a few other like, you know, military people from America going over with them, but they also want Algren to come over because of his he's a prolific you know soldier and they they want his expertise to you know train their military how to use western weapons because before then that was not a thing that they had and so they go over there and it is pretty apparent well one there's also Simon Graham who I really don't know he's got a lot going on he's doing a lot of things because he's a translator but also seems to be writing a book but also seems to be like and has connections with the emperor like yeah he's doing a oh, lot yeah he's, and, he, and his connection with the emperor yeah yeah he's <laughs> he's a big i got a i got a hundred dollars says he's an amalgamation character i could see it yeah but yeah. he's there he's kind of like the point man for algorin so he's kind of helping him navigate you know this this new world right on the way there yeah this is something that so on on the way over algorin is kind of like reminiscing about his time not only in the civil war but also just like fighting natives you know and and killing a lot of natives basically and like he remarks something along the lines of like i guess this is what my life is it's like quelling native rebellions right like that's that's what i do that's that's my my best trait is like i just i go to these different lands and i just kill the native people so he's he's going to go do that he's going over here to train this army and from what we're getting right like He's meeting with the emperor. The emperor is very interested in like how they were able to, you know, kind of quell a lot of like the the native indigenous people of America. He's asking about Custer. He's asking about all this other stuff. And, you know, Aldrin seems very uh, confident that they'll be able to just put an end to this very quickly. He learns that the samurai don't have guns. 
that they're just using swords and arrows and stuff like that. So he's like, bet this should be pretty easy, except that none of the soldiers in Japan seemingly know how to use any gun of any kind because they're, they're basically stormtroopers. They're not able to shoot anything, but they get to a point where the samurai have recently like, I think attacked a railroad or like some kind of um, delivery checkpoint or something. And so like, that's when they're like, we need to go get them now because they're out there and we can kind of like corner them and just end this immediately. Right. Like uh, Japanese army's like really pushing for that. Algren's like, that's a terrible idea. These people don't know how to shoot. He goes so far as to like put himself directly in front of one of the soldiers with a gun demanding that he shoot at him and he misses terribly, but they still have to go out there. So they go out there and they're in a forest of some kind. There's a lot of fog going on. It's a really dramatic scene. The samurai kind of come out of the fog to attack and it, it goes real bad real quick. Cause Aldrin, like wants to be up front, but he's being told to fall back. But he's like, fuck that. I got paid to fight. I'm going to gum and just end this as quickly as possible. But like the Japanese military can't shoot anybody. You know, the samurai get up on them real quick and just start taking them down. Aldrin's friend dies, and right? Like he gets stabbed. There goes five minutes. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're like halfway but, through the movie. It's like the halfway. Yeah, right, right. Well, because after that, like Aldrin like gets cornered by a lot of the different samurai and they're moving in to kill him. He's kind of I think he's been cut maybe once. He's he's suffered a few injuries, but he's still he's fighting to the death. And then he gets cornered by a few of the samurai. And this is where we meet Ken Watanabe's character, who is uh, Mortsugo uh, Katsumoto. Yeah. And yeah, sorry, Ka- I lied. We're only like a third through the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, well, because so Katsumoto like sees him trying to fight off all these samurai, and for whatever reason, he's like, "Let's keep this one alive, right? Like, let's not kill him, even though very easily could have killed him at that point." But before that can happen, right? Like, uh, one of the samurai just run up on him, and Algren stabs him in the neck and kills him. And so when he kind of just succumbs to his injuries. They pick him up. They take him back to their village. This is like a village in the mountains. It's very different from the Japan that we were seeing where the emperor lives, kind of, you know, lower down in the cities. And this is where all the samurai, all the samurai live here. Like it's basically a samurai village. And Algren is stuck into this house with, I believe it is Katsumoto's sister. Right. And then is it Katsumoto's son as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like she's put a pin in this, uh, but she's she's tasked with like nursing him back to health and he's having flashbacks. He's going through withdrawals uh, for alcohol and he's like having night terrors and all this stuff flashing back to all the things that he did in the Civil War and just uh, to the indigenous people. Uh, but as he comes out of it, you know, this is like a big, like this is an hour of the movie, right? Him and Katsumoto have all these different conversations. Katsumoto wants to know about the American military. He wants to know what the strategy is. He wants to know like how to defeat the enemy, right? Like he was like, I wanted to keep my enemy alive to have a conversation with him. Algren is having 
one of those journeys, right, in these movies where he's learning to appreciate the people of Japan. He's learning to appreciate the culture. He's learning to appreciate the samurai, their noble ways, the Bushido code. Um, and that's basically an hour of this movie. He kind of learns how to be a samurai, right? After that, mm. like, he's been up there for, I think, a few months because they couldn't leave. It was winter time. All the roads were icy and like snowed in. So it's finally time for them to go back down to the city. But I think before that, is that when the ninja attack happens? There's, <laughs> a, ninja, yes, there's a ninja attack. There is a random ninja That's attack before the, the, yeah. in the middle of this movie where the ninjas come to the samurai village, I think at the behest of the emperor to kill Katsumoto and Algren and some of the other samurai are able to to kill them before they can, you know, get to Katsumoto. But I think a number of samurai die during yes. that that yeah. that battle. So after that, they go back down. When they get to the city, like it's it's open season on samurai, right? Like samurai are basically like persona non grata. They don't want them walking around. They don't want them carrying their swords. They they're cutting off top knots like it's bad, right? And so in a very dramatic scene, <laughs> I love the way that scene is shot. It's just like, yeah. no, why my head? It's like just yeah. as dramatic as like somebody being beheaded or like literally mm -hmm. a knife to the throat. But he's like, ah, my hair. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, and he, but even to the point where Algren gets attacked, right, by what is yes. described as Ronin, but. I don't know. I mean, sure. they just look like more. That's the uh, <laughs> scene I was talking to you about earlier, and we can yeah. get into that when we get into it. Yeah. So, I mean, Algren gets attacked. He's able to defend himself and like show off his new, newly acquired samurai skills. Um, but basically, Katsumoto is like the big thing with Katsumoto is he does not want to surrender Japanese and samurai culture to Western values, right? Like he wants to preserve the Bushido way. He wants to preserve what the samurai mean to Japan. He doesn't want to have Western culture come in and infect Japan and kind of change the trajectory of the, the country. Um, and also as well, like he specifically, cause this is part of his character art too, is that he wanted to die in the uh, ceremonial uh, samurai way, which is right. by the blade, not by right. gunfire. Right. Uh, but Amura is like an industrialist and also has the emperor, Emperor uh, Meiji's ear and is basically like the catalyst for a lot of this change and wants to westernize and modernize Japan, not just from a military perspective, but also from a cultural perspective and kind of bring in a lot of those uh, Western values, if only to be seen as equals with the West, right? Like they don't want Japan to fall behind and be seen as lesser than you know western society and western uh countries so yeah seen as he's, a traditionalist country yeah he's talking to to emperor meiji um and so you know meiji's like if you if katsumoto just gives up his sword and like basically goes with this rebellion like nothing bad is going to happen to him and the samurai they'll be able to you know come back but katsumoto refuses he goes out of the city well he gets jailed and then they have to Tom break Cruise him out. Yeah, Tom Cruise comes in. They free him, but not before Katsumoto's son is killed. And uh, <laughs> so, oh, and I guess I left this out, but we'll, we'll talk about this in more detail. Uh, Katsumoto's uh, sister, who Tom Cruise is staying with, Tom Cruise killed her husband, right? So he's like, he's the one who, the, the samurai that was about to kill him was 
Katsumoto's sister's husband. Um, so that's like a huge source of tension between them. Uh, but seemingly gets resolved because by the end of the movie, Tom Cruise, Aldrin is like one of the samurai. He's like respected amongst them. He and Katsumoto decide that they're just going to go for it, right? They're going to they're going to fight back. They're not going to go out. They're not going to surrender. They're going to if they're going to die, they're going to die like warriors in battle, right? So they set up this huge battle where it's the military of Japan, which is in the thousands, you know, against the samurai, which are probably like. 300 maybe you know max and so this big epic battle ensues the samurai are able to to lure the japanese military it's almost like a sort of an ambush where they're they're able to get them close enough for them to fight with swords and And take out a lot of them trap and yeah, yeah and then they fight the remainder with swords but at that point, it, it's so overwhelming. And, you know, the Japanese military have advanced weaponry. Uh, they have like a Gatling gun that they unleash and just like kill yeah. all of the samurai. Um, yeah. Except for Tom Cruise. Who- of course, of course <laughs> your, your boy made it literally to the end. Uh, yeah, he died. Um, he, he, he's got some well, real he, good samurai he, armor. He got some yeah. really good samurai over him and his boy Katsumoto, but Katsumoto <laughs> suffers a fatal wound and is able to kill himself with the Yeah, well, sword. Tom Cruise assists him and, assists and him committing in seppuku. Him, yeah. Yeah. And, and he can then, retain his honor that way. Yeah. Yeah, but then all the Japanese military just get on their knees and bow to... Yeah. This is another questionable that thing that a alive. lot of people... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot of people question the scene whether whether or not they're bowing to Katsumoto, whether or not they're bowing to Tom Cruise. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. People are unsure about it, but the movie ends with Aldrin going back to the emperor who isn't really clear on what happened to Katsumoto. And so he comes in in the middle of this meeting where the emperor is talking to some American diplomat about like a trade relation and brings the sword of Katsumoto and that basically like the emperor says, no, I'm not going to make this deal with America. I'm not going to make this deal with the West. We're going to maintain our values. We'll find another way to, you know, kind of match the West, you know, with while maintaining Japanese culture. Um, You know, he wants Tom Cruise to tell him about how Katsumoto dies, but he instead says, I'll tell you how he lived. And then at the end of the movie, (laughs) Tom Cruise goes back to the samurai village where I'm going to assume all the samurai are dead. But he returns and gets to shack up with Katsumoto's sister and they live a life. (laughs) And that's that's the last movie. This (laughs) this is the yeah, great. You know, that's like 15 minutes, but it's okay. And that's fine. I appreciate you trying. There's there's a a lot lot of things that go on in this movie. But also, this is also the second movie I've seen this week where a dude came in and was like, oh, your sister's cool. And kind of like unceremoniously like usurps her from a person. What movie did you watch? Well, they're full married. Um, the Sopranos movie, uh, the <laughs> Many Saints of Newark. <laughs> okay. Have you okay. seen it yet? Not yet, but... Thanks for that. Okay, tidbit. Well, uh, it's kind of, yeah, that. that's, that's like a major plot point. It's kind of, it's really gross, actually. Interesting. And it's a gross, like, act. Like, why would you want, like, I, I screwed over your culture and the leader of your culture is a hot sister. Therefore, I need some of that. 
because I just but she's to be but here. she but she's the hot nurse, you know. Like, she's yeah. the hot True. nurse. Yeah, she she clothes him, she feeds him, she gives him stitches. And she's very smile. nice to him, even though he totally know, killed his say, brother. Yeah, to- like what the full fuck was that? Or yeah, that's it's so very weird. weird. <laughs> but there's sure. a, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, and I think. You know, one of the things is, I'm sure Kevin Costner saw this movie and was basically just like, He copied my oh, whole fucking shit. flow! That's kiss me through the phone! He copied my whole fucking flow! <laughs> word for shit. word, bar for bar! Because it's Dance of those Wolves, right? Like, it's Dance of those Wolves <laughs> with Samurai. And, like, you, you watch it. It's so weird because, like, so much of it yeah. really is the same movie, right? Like, both a, a of them guy are, are... in a... Well, well, let's let's go let's go like uh, beat for beat in their journey because it's fairly yeah. similar, right? Uh, well, both of them are, are ex Civil War soldiers, right? Like they both, both fought. Yeah, in the well, Civil they're War. both specifically Civil War soldiers, but they yeah. both go out in some sort of like blaze of glory. Yeah, well, they're, they're like, both they're both ready to die, right? Like uh, they're both ready to die and just like give over their life. Yeah, they're they're over it. They're War at, they're has at, destroyed them. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. But yeah. and so, you know, like th- both movies have that VO journal narration, right? Like they're both doing that same oh, yeah. device. Both of them Day are 75. kind of. <laughs> they're both. I am you know, weakened. <laughs> they're both going over to these different cultures and assimilating into them. Right. But like both yes. cultures have an element of nobility and like romanticism to them where they're. It's not even that they're different from the culture that they know, but like because they're simpler, simpler, they're more noble, right? right? There, there's something to aspire to because Western culture has lost something and, and these cultures mm-hmm. still retain that. And so, you know, it's still like re- retain that regality, nobility. Right. And then assimilate respect for one another type thing. Yeah. Hey, you know, like, just general. I mean, isn't there that moment where, uh, when Tom Cruise, when Algorin is, uh, they're making the, uh, they're making the terms on which he's going to teach the Japanese army, and he says, uh, "I can give you four hundred a month, or uh, uh, yeah, four hundred a month, and for six months." And he says, 500 a month, and my friend is going to come with me." And then the yeah. Japanese, like second in command, is like, "Hey, this motherfucker's pretty rude," and he's like, <laughs> "Oh," and Okuna is like. These guys are like they're petty. What they said, they're uh, petty thieves. Yeah, he says they're like greedy thieves or something like that. Yeah, they're like this is America. This is a land of petty thieves. Yeah, which is so correct. (laughs) Yeah, but it's so correct. It was like I couldn't even be mad at the analysis because I was like, damn, no, he 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 got my number. Like he got everybody's number here. But then they they both in finding these cultures get fixed, right? Like these cultures and these people fix them. They're broken men. These cultures restore something to them. They end up disowning, you know, the cultures that they come from. Disowning white American culture as a result. Right. And so, you know, both movies kind of culminate with them. Kevin Costner doesn't fight well, I guess he he fights uh, against the the Union Army only in the sense that they've captured him and he's fighting to escape. Like they break him out, right? And, and yeah. they shoot those Union soldiers and they and they leave. Um, you know, Tom Cruise is like, "Yeah, I'm going to join your side and I'm going to fight against 
not his fights with I mean, the samurai against yeah the i mean i guess japanese Japan army they just yeah. finished hiring him yeah like they're not his people in that oh, same six way. months ago he was calling them slurs so they're yeah, definitely no, no, not no. his people yeah but i guess and and even like the general who in the beginning of the movie he was like look i'll kill whoever you want for 500 dollars, but i'll kill you for You'll, free uh, right you, like he's like yeah, you know we're, that's right i got it in for you at some point and he, I mean, he, that's the he same scene where him. he uses those slurs, right? Uh, so he's not. He was part of that, you know, Japanese military in the sense that they did hire him and he was representing them. But like, they weren't necessarily yeah. his people in the same way that you know, right. Kevin Costner was part of the Union Army. But it's still like yeah. they they switch sides. They fight for you know this new culture and these new people. And they they both get to marry somebody <laughs> from that they culture. They both get to marry uh, uh, an indigenous. And I and mean, the, the yeah. In the case of Dancing with Wolves, in quotes, indigenous. Right. Yeah. Stands with the fist with just hottie. a white woman, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's just that's just a white lady they captured. <laughs> yeah. But it's basically that it you know it really follows so many of the same beats. But I would say, strangely enough. Last Samurai is a better movie than Dance of the Wolves and a better sure. story than Dance of the Wolves from the perspective of like Aldrin's journey. I was with it until the end. <laughs> Once we got to the end, then I was like, well, what, I don't what know, about right? the end? What about the end bothered you? And then we'll circle back. Yeah. So, okay. So here's, here's my biggest gripe with this movie because like, this is a little bit of if we were to reimagine or reframe this movie, not even from, you know, a, a POC lens, but just from like a storytelling narr narrative sense, right? Where the movie felt like it was going and probably where it should have ended is they have that battle, right? Right. Everything kind of goes the same way. Aldrin and, and uh, Katsumoto look at each other and they both commit seppuku because what's happening is like they both... Like, it, for Tom Cruise to fully commit to that transformation, right, it's like, I'm honoring this code, right? Like, this is the way that yeah. you live. This is what you do, right? Instead, he's like, but nah, what if I went back to the village, though, and, like, but had what a if relationship live, with his city? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, I like, it's like, I don't really want to live, but I'll, I'll do it. It's fine, you know. Yeah, I, know I can suffer you, with the shame. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know when you <laughs> found me, like, four months ago, I didn't want to live. But like now, I was breathing air for a little bit. This shit is kind of tight. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really down with like you could do it, but right. I don't want to do it. You I could totally you do, do it. it though. <laughs> I hope you do it. I get it but done that, for you. I call a guy. We could make that happen tomorrow. Right. But that's the but thing. Nah, it's kind me, of it's like not me, fam. Right? Because it's like that's that if you really have fully committed to this way of life, that's if like you about that life. Yeah, that's one of the biggest principles. Is like die yes. with honor right to not yes. die in shame to die in battle if possible to die what is it that katsumoto says to die by my blade or my enemies right yes and so mm -hmm. like he just decides to not do that <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then just go and just live what i assume to be a peaceful life in the mountains with his sister with his right? sisters <laughs> with his sister-in-law and so all of that kind of like feels false in what they were trying to tell me about Algren and his journey because like if he really had taken to samurai culture and like really respected what it meant to be samurai like that's the moment when you do that like that's the thing mm -hmm. to do and so 
that was my biggest gripe with the end of the movie. It's just kind of like I was with it. I was with it. I had issues, right? Like I wasn't like, this is a perfect movie, but like in terms of that story, because Dances with Wolves is more just like Kevin Costner is out there fucking around doing whatever. <laughs> like he's just magically, you know, like, cause that's the thing, right? What, what I give this movie credit for is like Tom Cruise, all, he's not the best of them, right? Like he's not the best samurai, right? He like made- he is, Oh he yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he is. He spends samurai. a good majority of the majority of the movie uh, learning. Yeah, like actually, and when by the time he learns the language, I actually believe that he's learned the language. Not like in Dances with Wolves, where literally <laughs> two scenes ago he was like, "What's that? What's that, young man?" And then like yeah. the next scene, he's like, "Oh yes, I could dance and sing with the best of them." <laughs> I'm like, shut up! What? Don't lie right. to me. And they're not and and they're not treating him as if he's like they're treating him like he's a like he's a brother, right? Like he's one yes. of them, but they're not treating him like, what do you want to do right now? Right? Like, you know, but he's like, also earned that in this in, in The Last Samurai. He, right. He's earned that. He's earned he gets the, a, the respect of the village. Yeah, he gets a bit more of that to the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like I believe that, yeah. right? Like it's still got a lot of that white savior stink on it but oh, like it's, messy, it's, it's 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 still more believable than a lot of these other movies where like yeah. he just shows up and he's like incredible like all of this is easy your language is easy your customs are easy i'll just like slide in here and do this it's not a problem for me um oh i could you know. do that yeah, yeah like, and, then, wow, and then he nothing. becomes better than yeah. them you know i oh guess my yeah God. the thing where they leave this is like that um uh, I forget his name, but like you know, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada's character, who's like the you yeah. know the lieutenant, and they have like mm-hmm. a bit of beef. But like in the end, you know, they draw. Like Tom mm-hmm. Cruise manages to draw with him, and then oh, then he has yeah. his respect. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but like at least he doesn't be- at least he doesn't beat him. You know, <laughs> I did I did like that scene. I did like that scene a lot yeah. actually. But Marathon, watching this movie now, because you, I mean, you you did mention mm-hmm. that like it's it you're viewing it kind of differently. Like, what is it that that jumped out to you? on this latest viewing that was different from previous viewings. I think it was uh, just like the entire premise of like him being a soldier and I guess his trauma, because, you know, like that is, uh, you could say it's a valid thing in, in, in such a way that, you know, there were white soldiers that existed that probably were conflicted and controlled and participated in war and then felt crappy after it. And then, you know, found some solidarity and actually worked to try and better things for the people that they were took part in like the, the suffering of others. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously rare. It's like not everyone, you know, it's yeah. very rare. Um, but you know, those stories did exist. Um, but it's obviously like, I don't know. It's weaker or like the writers don't really have the capability or had the forethought to kind of put it in its actual context, I guess. Um, sure. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing of just about like, yeah, the trauma of the person being, um the device in which like everything is or the whole plot is like dictated upon it's like this person is trying to grow they've had these bad things they they did them because of a system um but i guess the thing is like it doesn't go hard enough on the system you know because in the end it's kind of like all right so you know he participated and he you know genocided these native you know indigenous um uh, americans and then so it's like okay do you have anything do you, are you thinking about anything about that or like the the state's role in that? Um, because you know it's uh, it's the Americans that actually give them uh, give the Japanese uh, government all the guns. 
So it's the premise is that they give they give all this weaponry to defeat the samurai, and once they're defeated, then they'll have the trade deal, and then it will be really good for America. You know, as they do, um, yeah, setting up trade deals just you know to serve their capitalist interests, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then also, you know, in the end, they're just fighting. From what it kind of shows is like uh, the Japanese uh, government soldiers; they're kind of just like peasants. Like, because they're untrained, they're not soldiers. Whereas yeah, the samurai, what, yeah, the, the movie soldiers. says that they're peasants. Most of them are mostly peasants or people who just wanted to join up for the cause. And so, I guess, like, um, yeah, thinking about it, when you, oh, I've just, I guess, been learning a lot more world history in the last couple of years. But thinking about, like, you know, how capitalist industrialization works and it forces sure. peasants, um, yeah, to go into the cities and work those jobs. And it's kind of like, you know, these these soldiers are being controlled as well, you know? Like, where's yeah. the state power? Like, the em- like, I don't know. Can you even say that the emperor is a good dude? <laughs> or, like, what well, is he, you know, the power that he has over well, all these people and stuff? And, yeah, we right. could go in on that, but, yeah. No, true, true. I mean, he can... Uh, the emperor is working on the behalf of what he thinks is best for Japan at the time, right? And what he thought was best for Japan was predicated on the idea that uh, Americans, when they um colonized the western frontier you know uh i mean the movie opens up in san francisco right recently colonized california so they're the japanese recently observed like how they got rid of all the natives and how they got rid of all the indigenous people and and that's what tom cruise's character that's what algorin is is dealing with when he's like having these flashbacks of like genocidal uh the genocidal acts he committed like i I mean in that flashback you're only seeing him kill women and children specifically to show Mm -hmm. like how horrible he was or how horrible the things that him and his boy from scandal did but (laughs) yeah i mean that was the presidential scandal right that's that guy yeah yeah i don't know him as anything else he was the bad guy in ghost that's all i know (laughs) he was the he was the mean boyfriend in ghost and all i remember from that movie was that he got impaled with a giant sheet of glass and he yeah. was the president. Uh, that was like horrifying violence to me. That's a PG-13 movie, too. I was like, oh, yeah. God, that's striking. But um, either way, Tom Cruise and Scandal Homeboy are killing women and children specifically. And that's what he's dealing with. But the movie doesn't really want to go into like, why is colonization a terrible thing? Or why is yeah. genocide terrible? And Americans yeah, because, committed, be- committed genocide on the native people here and it wasn't even that long ago honestly the movie mm-hmm. opens in america's centennial 1876 we've only been a country bro for like <laughs> two 250 years at that point or yeah. at now now we've only been t- for 200 years but the country has only been a country for 100 years and they're still committing like heinous acts against the indigenous people of its own country yeah so if the movie wants to investigate that, then that's like, honestly, it's our own movie. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's, this happens a lot too, right? Cause I think this is another thing that dances wolves attempts to do, but doesn't mm-hmm. do. And this movie also does this as well. It's like, they try to have a little bit of cake and eat it too, where they're, they're, they're kind of like, but, we're, but we're, we're telling you that this is bad, right? Like we're showing you that like, Oh, you know, yeah, the, the sure. westernization of these countries and like, look at how pure they were. And then we came in here and we, you know, stepped on everything and like ruined it. But it's done in a way that's kind of like, but what are you going to do? Oops. <laughs> like not, like a, not in like, a, yeah. you yeah. know, a, a real terrible, like showing how colonization and like 
just Western imperialism harmed so many indigenous cultures mm, and just yeah. other people as a byproduct of it. It's it's treated I mean, as more honestly, just like No, go ahead, go ahead, finish. Oh no, it's just treated like 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 fact. Like and that's what happens. And you know, what how could we have avoided this? You know, like it's more of like we're we're looking back on like, man, you know, too bad. You know, like kind of we Yeah, really, too bad. Because even even Tom Cruise's line about you know, this is this is what he does. You know, the irony of his life, he's going to another country to quell, you know, this indigenous, you know, rebellion is Uprising almost like a, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a like a Flintstone, you know, like vacuum cleaner. Like it's a living. Like I guess, you know, what choice oh, do yeah, I have yeah. in this? Where it's like you you could not do it. Like it could it's just such not, like yeah. a it's such like a a a, a D level theme in the movie, which is so strange because it's like the core problem, right, is colonization, yeah. is quelling of indigenous rebellion or indigenous, like, literally just trying to fucking survive on your own land. Mm. And that's the core problem with this and a lot of movies, even movies that we've discussed, you know, mm-hmm. Avatar, Dances with Wolves, your uh, your video we wrote on uh, your your video I watched on uh, Mad Max Fury Road. It's the same thing. It's like the squashing mm. of these indip- these smaller indigenous rebellions or indigenous like just people trying to like live on their land yeah and these stories are being told by the through the perspective of the one noble white man the one noble white man who thought otherwise like Mm, oh the samurai yeah yeah with a conscience the one white man with a conscience yeah and what's honestly i think why this is a trope and why this is a podcast and why this is a thing <laughs> is because white people don't want to see themselves as the enemy, right? Never no. in the narratives of these movies. They never want to see themselves as the, as the villains. And they make themselves like the hero. Say, for example, so, you know, Tom Cruise is the guy who's going to uh, help the samurai defeat the Japanese Nationalist Army, even though they can't really defeat them. Or um, Kevin Costner is fighting on behalf of the Lakota people against the civil of against the uh, Union Army that's going to destroy them eventually. Yeah, like they're not outright the like these armies aren't outright the villain, right? The the colonizing armies they're not necessarily the villain until they have to be until like the b- epic battle scene or anything like that. Because before in the movies. In the the first part of these movies, when they're working for these uh, groups or whatever, you know, militias or whoever they may be, this is just who I work for. These are yeah. these are just the uh, I'm affiliated with America, so I fight for their army. Right? It's right. not really like, oh, your values are fucked up, or like the idea of you trying to colonize mm-hmm. another nation of people who are already living here. That's not fucked up. Yeah. So no one wants to be no one wants to really call out the villainy where it really lies, which is like the obvious thing, right? The villainy here is obvious. You took over yeah. my land. You weren't here before. And now you're and now you're here with guns and killing my women and children. That's crazy. So that's I, I think that's like where these movies think they succeed is that I've created a world where the Avatar, Tom Cruise, Sam Worthington, Kevin Costner, whoever you want it to be, is the noble person, but white tyranny isn't really the villain until it has to be because I have to destroy something at the end of this movie in order right. to become the true noble person. 
Well, and it's like, because <laughs> this 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 movie, and I mean, really, every right outsider meets indigenous people, learns their ways kind of movie. It's it's yeah. always this romanticization of these cultures where it's it's done in a way to show, wow, you know, if we had only just left them alone, like what could have been, but mm, mm. you know, too too bad. <laughs> But it's because it's also it's also this weird thing where it's just <laughs> like bad. it's it's this weird thing where it's just like you now are just noticing them, right? Like they've been here for ever, you know, and now you just you literally just ever, and you came here and it was a yeah. problem. Oh, this is here! Wow, I I had no idea, and it's like, oh Duke, my god, what? Y'all like, have these del- beautiful trees and all kinds of strange fruits growing from them. Oh, this is so yeah. great! I want it, right? <laughs> and so these movies are are supposed to be a commentary on you know westernization and like oh and you know, colonization as like yeah as an idea as a force to manifest destiny bro like you right. know what I mean but they never mm-hmm. call it out in full because it's just kind of like well but that's the way it had to have been in order for us to get here. Where it's just like, what right. a wild idea. <laughs> like, it ha- did it have to be like that? Like, you know, just never being able to fully question it's like, the historical it's like, context of all this. I mean, Barthon, I don't know how much you can relate to this. In textbooks, the whitewashing of textbooks, like being yeah. in school and your social studies or your history class teaches you, okay, how did you get here? I mean... It was bad, like slavery. Yeah, that's bad. But like, we can like we can sweep over it. We can swiffer the problem away. You know, it well, wasn't it that to, bad. It had to be for us to have a country, right? It's like well, right. it had to exist in order for this this to happen for you to be here, right? But we can simultaneously so be sad about it. Yeah. Yeah, like we can be sad about it, but like we really shouldn't make a big deal about it because, you know, look look at what we have now. And it's like, yeah, but that's not <laughs> You didn't you're answer not the question about, though. Yeah. Well you're 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 totally ignoring the people that it took to get that and like the cost of that, right? And I think Zwick talks a little bit about it, you know, when he talks about the making of the movie of like, you know, it's supposed to be a meditation on like, is the cost worth what it what it came out to, but seemingly it was for Tom Cruise because his life is fine. <laughs> oh, he got movie, a little hobble in his walk, but he good though. Yeah. He's like, there's no, like the end of the movie. I think that's what's so jarring about it is like, he seemingly is just over it. Like there's no lingering, like what did yeah, I just I, witness? I like what did I just adventure. live through? I had a, I had a grand friend in my life yeah. who I helped kill. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm good. We good. It happened. Yeah. What's on to the next one? Well, he comes back and like him, like Taka is smiling at him and like he's that smiling at her. I was like, and he it's ki- like, he killed your husband, fam. And your but they, brother. But, they, but they're in love. That's so weird. <laughs> Why are they in love, bro? He was and wearing the homeboy's know, armor out on the field. Yeah. Like, it's egregious. Didn't you see the way she ignored him and hated him? You know, that's how, you know, compelling that is for men. Obviously, white men, it's like, oh, this woman of color is annoyed at me and doesn't like me. I guess I'm just going to continuously, you know, (laughs) berate her with affection. Be around her, talk to her kids. No, it's like, you know, I think think it's kind of sweet in a lot of ways. But obviously, like, the whole premise in general is just like it's based on 
a lot of fucked up premises in general, you know? Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I want to talk about Taka as a character because that yeah. was wild. I, I can't I, imagine... Ugh, shameful this, what they did to her. This man killed your husband. He's widowed you. Your brother yeah. is forcing you to not only have him live in your house, but take care of him, nurse him back to health. Him. Yeah. He's around your children. You know what I mean? Like he's like you can't get away from him, right? And like in the black community, you would have died. <laughs> you would have died. You know how many John Singleton movies are about this very thing? Like, you killed my you killed her husband. Yeah. yeah, she wants you dead, stupid. Like you know, but but it's it's done in a way, right? Where like they're using the culture as an excuse, right? Like, but our culture is about you know we we, we receive guests, right? We do the honorable mm. thing where we are we and it's seemingly I, they don't really get into it too much, but it seems as if women are like they do what they're told, right? Like they're just right, they're right, there, right. they're kind I mean, of. She's like, like the only female character in the entire film. <laughs> that that too right and so it's like there's a, there's a scene where like she's carrying something and tom cruise tries to help her and she's like like men don't do that no, you know no, like men don't no. yeah you know and you which, know, which is kind of, which is code for, which is code for japanese men don't do this and then yeah. it's right. like also but it's like hey white men are not that white sexist men, like, i'm the noble we'll white you. man yeah 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 that, that was kind of weak i, I felt that a hundred percent yeah it's it because it, she the reason she said or the reason that they made her say Japanese men don't do that is so that he can be like, well, I'm not Japanese, baby. Right, right, right. <laughs> Come on, fam. You know what that is? For sure. And the, but then like the the entire romance, right, is just like they look at each other a few times. And she's like, I guess, That's it. you know, what other prospects do I have? They don't know anything about each other, really. Yeah. But it's like, she, it's like that really just shorthand for, like, you know, in films where she sees, oh, he's good with kids. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like a decent guy. Oh, he's a decent guy because he know. made my kid laugh twice. Yeah. yeah it's like, I guess I'm going to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give him my body. And she, oh, well, because then he, he apologizes. Like, I, I didn't notice how creepy it was. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, no. I was just like, he, he apologizes to her in Japanese, you know, about her husband and she accepts his apology. And that seems to be the catalyst and the turning point in their relationship. But it's also like, sure, right? Like, you can have that in you. P- plenty of people have forgiven people who have killed people close to them. Doesn't mean you got to start sleeping with dude or like have him be the father no to your children you or, you know, yeah. like, so if it was a situation where it was like, mm. and, this and movie they dies got right along, in with that. Right. It's just like, oh, yeah. If it was like, they just got along now. He right? killed your husband. Like, okay. You sad about that, but like for three seconds. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. that not that the reverse? Isn't that reverse Dance of those Wolves, right? Because isn't it like uh, Stands with a Fist husband dies and Kevin Costner is like, but when you when are you going to be done with that? Oh, <laughs> when, I- yeah. And literally, <laughs> like, there's a scene where he's like, you're done. The the, yeah. the uh, tribe elder is like, fam, you over that now. It's been too long. Yeah. And she's just like, bet. All right. I guess I'm done with that. Let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm done. Let's go have sex behind this tree. Because it's like fuck that movie, yo. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Well, I, I also want to talk a little bit about the, yeah, the just romanticization of the samurai in, in Japanese culture in this movie, because sure, sure. it's another thing they do in Dance of the Wolves, where it is just like the, there's a purity alluded to in it. But at, when I was done with this movie, I was like, okay, but what is what is the Bushido code, right? You reference it a lot. You talk about it a lot, but I don't yeah, think you ever really explained it, yeah. what that is and like what mm -hmm. it means to the samurai and what it means to Japan, you know, just in like in a larger general sense, right? Because I think even the emperor at the end, it's like we'll follow the Bushido code, right? Like that's like, it almost seems like a, like a elemental thing for Japanese culture, mm -hmm. but like a lot of it is just like honor, <laughs> like just that general honor, general nobility, general uh, honor, you know, swords, and that, and that's it. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the, it's like swords. Yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. Yeah. Well, because even right, like, there is a line where Tom Cruise is like, "Wait, they they don't use guns," and you know, he's like, "Yeah, like swords, like that's the noble way." Like, he's he's sword off guns because swords are the way that a samurai is meant to be like that's the purest sense of like what it means to be samurai and mm -hmm. so much of it when you're in the village and you're you're seeing their way of life and even like maybe tom cruise has kind of like a monologue about you know i've never seen the people so disciplined and like they wake up every yeah. morning like you know dedicating themselves to being the best at you know whatever they do and you know all of this stuff where it, it makes it seem like their culture and their village specifically is just like we're robots who just do a thing. And he's, he says something along the lines yeah. of like, they, they had underneath, uh, you know, the discipline is a, a, a reservoir of deep feeling or like some shit like that. Or it's just like, I don't know what that means for one, but two, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're talking about them as if they're not people for one. And mm. you're talking about like mystical them. objects. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a, there's a mystification of them. I don't even know if that's a word, but it feels like a word because like, that's what yeah, they're yeah. kind of trying to do to them. It's like, they're still somehow othering them, even though they're putting them on a pedestal, right? Like sure. there's something about whatever he's aspiring to. That is like, not just different than, you know, the culture that he comes from, but like, because they are, I mean, I don't even know if I would consider them to be the opposite of <laughs> of Western culture, but it's 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 almost posited that way, where it's just like they are they are everything that I'm trying to escape. You know, it's kind of like this this perfect encapsulation of like they represent all the things that I want to be and I aspire to be. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, like every every culture has things that you know, are issues mm. and things that they have to like work through and resolve. And like, there's no such thing as a perfect culture or society where like, oh, everything's great. You're like, you know, just come over here and like, we've got it figured out. But yeah. the way that he kind of looks at it and the way that it's posited throughout the movie, right? Because, you know, like that's, that's the deal, right? Like what, what is Japan going to end up as? And I think that's put a pin in that. Cause I want to get to that <laughs> too, mm. before we transition into, the the behind the scenes but yeah i mean like you know katsumoto was almost posited as like this like almost mystical figure who like you know like they have allusions to buddhism but they never really talk about that right like you see katsumoto I like like meditating i feel like that's the movie from uh tom cruise's lens 
or perspective. Yeah. Like he says, there's so many things here that bewilder me. And he's like looking at a statue of Buddha when he says that or like uh, glances at the culture or like, yeah. you know, like when he's learning the language, like you never you as the viewer never really learn the language or like understand what those Buddha statues are or understand like the full weight of the culture that he's actually immersing himself in as he like ingratiates himself mm -hmm. with their mm -hmm. people. So you are also as the viewer experiencing this very casual Japanese experience, even though the story is completely told almost, I mean, everything save for two scenes, uh, three scenes at the, top, at the top of the movie, it takes place in Japan. Mm -hmm. This should be an experience where you are learning about the culture as he's learning about the culture, but the most you really even learn are like a couple words. And like that, like you said earlier, Jordan, like general honor, <laughs> you yeah. know, swords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is that's, yeah, that's yeah, the, swords. <laughs> ambiguous honor and swords. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. I think it's also like uh, living like plainly or living, you know, in this kind of unindustrialized world, you know, yeah. just kind of mm -hmm. like living in a farm and doing regular stuff and hanging out and chopping wood and, mm -hmm. you know, like. I don't know. I don't think he plucks rice. He just watches yeah. the Taka do that, but yeah. <laughs> or just the the women and the children. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, just that like just that like kind of quaint life. And I think there is, I think I can understand what they're trying to go for in terms of like, yeah, industrialization versus yeah, I guess non-industrialization or just mm. like a yeah, like a farming way of life. Yeah, um, yeah. But it like doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't quite know what to do with either of them or what point it's trying to make, I think, you know? Yeah, um, I don't, cause I don't in, think- Because in the end, like, the premise is that, like, the Japanese will- uh, The government will continue to make their railroads inside and it's just going to get industrialized and that village is just going to go at some yeah. point. Like, that's kind of the gist of it, I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the, I think the movie is, like, trying to do this thing where it comes to terms with the eventual, like, takeover that's coming- you know, like, yeah, mm -hmm. shit, th this movie's called The Last Samurai. Like, samurais are yeah. over at this whole shit is over. So, like, you don't really need to get cozy with this culture because fam is going to be out the door in, like, five minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's a general sense of that going on, even though, like, you're still learning about uh, their political hierarchy because you got the emperor and then you mm -hmm. got these boards that speak for the emperor, but also, like, trying to figure the ministers who are trying to figure out the different parts of Japan and mm -hmm. how to modernize all their culture. So you've got that, but, and, and you've got like some parts of farm life, but honestly, you don't really learn a whole lot. Like you as the viewer, there's not really a bunch to learn out of this movie, which is kind of the fun no. thing about movies, honestly, as a visual medium. Yeah. You, you can, you had the opportunity to take someone with visuals and with sound, you're able to take somebody to a place they've never been before, you know? Uh, yeah. And you would hope to learn something about that culture that it, you would also hope is true. Yeah. And with this movie, <laughs> with this movie, they, they give you a lot of like good looking stuff, but yeah. how much of it is actually true? And then also how much of it did you actually learn or did you actually like grasp? Yeah. Other than like th what the story told you, what the plot machinations right. are and it's kind of uh, sad it's kind of like honestly like it feels like a missed opportunity if anything sure. out of this movie well last last two things i want to 
touch on. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, feel free to jump in if you guys have anything else as well. But I think one of the things that this movie does, which again, a lot of these movies that are following the same pattern do, is that the crux of the movie, right? Like the background that we're seeing is, it feels like it should be what is happening to Japan, right? Like what is going to ultimately be the way forward for the Japanese people, right? Because they're kind of at a crossroads mm. between the West and, you know, how things are developing there and then their own culture and society, right? And you do, you get zero background <laughs> on Japan yeah. and like where they are and where they've been <laughs> and like all of these other things. We just kind of get dropped in on them in this moment in time. But what the movie's actually about is what's going to happen to Tom Cruise. Right. And so yeah. like all of the all of that stuff that's happening, you know, in Japan is backgrounds to his story. It's not the actual story. Those aren't the yes. actual stakes of the story. The actual stakes yeah, of yeah. the story is is Tom Cruise going to regain what he lost through war. Right. <laughs> like that's what the movie's about. <laughs> and, you know, so it's it's a weird thing where like all of the actual things that we were just talking about, about Japanese culture kind of just become background noise and like, you know, little bulletin points here or there that we can kind of like look at and say, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Or like, wow, like look at, you know, the, like look at the armor and look at, you know, and like, that's one of the things that this movie did. Again, you have to give it credit for this is that they really were detailed with, you know, the period costumes and like, you know, they went all out, they went to a part of New Zealand and like built a whole set that was mirroring, you know, Japanese architecture of the time. And like, you know, there was a lot of things that they did to really get those details right. Right. Mm -hmm. But like when it comes down to the actual stakes of the movie, it's not really about Japan or the Japanese people at all. Like this could have taken place anywhere. Right. And the, and the thing is still the same is like, what's going to happen to Tom Cruise? Like what, 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 where does he ultimately end up in all of this? Because he doesn't even necessarily really have stakes in what's happening. Like, I, I don't really get the sense that Tom Cruise cares what happens to Japan he, uh, in no. a larger yeah, scale no. sense. Mm -hmm. Like, For I sure. think he, he probably has opinions on it, but like, you know, what, what ultimately happens is not really. Is he worried or does he care? No. Yeah. It's not really any of his concern because like, you know, he, he wants what his friends want, I guess. Right. Like he wants what Katsumoto wants. Cause that seems to be the thing to want, but like, I don't think he really personally has like real stakes because he's even looking at it from a fatalistic standpoint of like, well, we're all going to die anyways. Right. Like this is, this isn't going to end well. We're all going to go into this battle and get killed. So like who right. cares what happens to Japan? Let's go, let's go balls <laughs> out. Know? We're gonna go at all, right? And so that's it's it's kind of this weird thing where you know same thing in Dance with the Wolves, right? With that little end uh, coda there where they give you that you know text at the end where it's just like oh yeah, yeah and they and then all the Native Americans were killed and, and moved out of the <laughs> way. You know, it's just kind of like an afterthought of just like but you just watch this whole movie seemingly about them, but about really the larger story. You think it was about the larger story at end, but yet it was it was really only about the white man anyway. But I think the last thing I want to talk about is something that you mentioned, Cameron, which is a very mm. interesting point, and that's the marketing of this movie in the sense of the title of the movie is oh, The Last Samurai, yeah. right? 
And so, okay, so yeah, let's get a lot of people's attention. This is the problem. (laughs) This got a lot of people's attention because people are like, so Tom Cruise is the last samurai. And even when you look at the marketing, like the posters, it's like every poster, the last samurai, Tom, or literally Tom Cruise, (laughs) the last samurai. And then only his face or only his picture. The DVD cover is just his face, the last samurai, Tom Cruise. Rude, in my opinion, just fucking rude. (laughs) So there's an incredible amount of debate, which we will also get into in just a bit online about who is the last samurai. The so last I'd like to just samurai. go around. Marathon, who do you who do you believe this movie is telling you is the last samurai? Is it Tom Cruise? Um, who, who's it telling me? I think, yeah, who's it telling me? It's telling me that it's Tom Cruise. Um just based on the film and also the marketing. Like as a kid, I would have, t- if I, if you had have asked me like, who's the last time I was going, it's Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, but I do get the, like, obviously we'll get to it about maybe what the, what the director thought and whatnot. And so like thinking about it, you know, with a, um, with a bird's eye view, I can see that it's actually about, it's, I think it's trying to say it's about the whole samurai in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the, the movie making is not, making the case for that at all or the marketing at all you know so i think it's a bit of a like a, a bit of a cop out being like oh it's about them and i'm like sure but are you really communicating that like I, you're I, not really i wish this movie like the had like a viral campaign for it kind of was like who is the last samurai yeah and go see Watch the movie find and find out like yeah, yeah. I, I wish it was more like that because i feel like the marketing and even the way his story is told, and when you watch the movie, is like, yo, Tom Cruise is the last samurai. Psych, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> the movie they're trying to sell me, and a lot of the movie that I'm watching when I watch this movie, is like, yeah, he's the last samurai. And honestly, up until the last moment, when he helps him commit seppuku, it, it, it's kind of vague because he taught mm. they taught him the ways of the samurai. I'm not saying he's a samurai, and I'm not saying they made him a samurai. Mm-hmm. But they gave him the armor. Th- they give him the armor <laughs> of the dude he killed. Like, yeah, it's so wishy washy, and it doesn't do any due diligence to explain it one way or the other. That like, no, uh, Ken Watanabe was the last of his kind, the last of his people, and pulled off this, you know, last hurrah of a battle. It never does its due diligence to explain to you that he is the last, he is the last of his kind. Mm-hmm. It leaves it vague that maybe he taught Tom Cruise some stuff and yeah. you know, he'll take some samurai lessons elsewhere, you know? Mm. They don't I think they, it's uh you could you could oh, sorry. Uh, oh sorry, well but I would I would say that you could make the case if you were one of those contrarian types. You can make the case that no, this movie might leave it open to say that Tom Cruise might be the last samurai. You know what I mean? Mm. If, if you were yeah. to if you were to use that contrarian argument, mm. but go ahead, Barthon, you were saying. Uh, I was going to say like, um, you know, that last line where he's saying, "Oh, you know, I'll tell you how he lived." Right. I think that kind of that framing or that line kind of indicates that it's like, "Oh, I know all about his life, so therefore I know what." the samurai code is and so mm-hmm. therefore i am the 
Firstly, I can like, carry you, that Emperor, on. you don't know anything. Yeah, I, I can teach you, Emperor, about your what is the samurai ways, you know? Right. Um, and it, which I hadn't thought up. about before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though he doesn't see him do shit. He sees no. him, like, meditating a little bit. He doesn't really get communicated what anything is, really. Yeah. He's kind of like, yes, I'll, I know exactly how he lived, mm-hmm. what, how he thought, blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know? Yeah, well, so the, the there's a lot of debate, right, because- people will tell you that samurai is plural, right? So the last samurai could mean more than one. So not just Tom Cruise, (laughs) but the others. People will tell you that Ken Watanabe is the last samurai, right? And so this movie Mm -hmm. is kind of about him and, you know, his efforts to preserve samurai culture. You could even, if you want to get real galaxy brain, theorize that like Taka's kids could be oh, the geez. last samurai because they were training to be samurai and there's still a few of those kids in the village, right? But mm. <laughs> but who's going to train the kids? That, right? And just <laughs> so much of it is still kind of pointing to I mean that you I can't get that last moment of the battle out of my mind, right? Because they all watch, you know, these samurais get gunned down, right? There's that moment where, you know, Ken Watanabe is looking at Tom Cruise and he's like do like, it, man. like kill me yeah you know finish me off and then tom cruise is looking around one of the you know commanders in the army who i think also used to be a samurai and it's confusing too right because well there's the other yeah, dude part, who yeah, was that. like used to be like you know tom cruise is like oh so like in the, earlier in the movie he's like oh all those people are samurai You're like well how does this guy know uh katsumoto and he's like oh well he's samurai too right and so like yeah you know th- oh that's a different guy by the way yeah, that's the that's the, guy the original who, general yeah. who gets he he commits seppuku. Yeah, he, he kills him, uh, yeah, himself. And then yeah, the the other guy is the guy like who ran away. Like yeah, sorry, at, at the very end, the guy who stops firing, he's the guy yeah. who originally ran away in that battle. And so right. him and Tom Cruise know each other. So it's it's supposed to kind of see that like he has some empathy and he knows Tom. He Cruise respected or, him in that moment. He respects yeah. the samurai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like he's, it's not really communicated in the right way. Like that, does he really care about the samurai or does he care about Tom Cruise? You know? Right, right, well, it, right. They're, you're supposed to conflate the two. Right. It could be saying that, oh, he recognizes Tom Cruise as samurai now, right? And now he's like, you know, like I, I respect your gangster now, you know? Right. You I know, respect your so, <laughs> And so it's like they all get on their knees and are like looking at Which Tom is Cruise. So, uh, ugh. You didn't know, like and that. It's, yeah, it's almost didn't again. Like that. Your, your boy Cameron as, didn't fuck with that moment at all. No, well, it's it's similar to remember in Temple of Doom where they first come into the village and then all yuck, the yuck, you know villagers have to like yes. touch him and Ugh. you know. So it's another one of these frames of like all these people of color like acknowledging this white person, just kind of like in a in a very weird way. That's almost like you are not just like different from me but like maybe above me in a way that's kind of like yeah yeah i know how to feel about that that's weird and again you can interpret that as them just honoring the last of the samurai not tom cruise specifically but just like the event itself (laughs) right but i think i think that's i think that's what they're trying to go for but obviously the fact that tom cruise's character (laughs) survives it's kind of like it just seems like what is he gonna like what what's his impression of it? His impression of the is a bowing kind of to him as well. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. it's um, very it's very mm-hmm. weird. But let's let's talk about the behind the scenes of this movie. It is there's a lot, and like I, 
was not going to write a dissertation because that may have been what it would have taken to kind of break down the history of this movie. Okay. But before we, before we get into the history, I think just a little bit of the behind the scenes in terms of the intentions of this movie, right? And you you sure. hear Tom Cruise talk about it, you hear you know Edward Zick talk about it, and there is reverence, right? Like you know Edward Zick talks a lot about like his love of samurai culture. He was a big Kurosawa fan, like, you know, seven samurai and all of those movies are movies that he was drawing influence from, you know, Tom Cruise similarly, like was really passionate about this project. I think he didn't take any money up front. Like he didn't take any upfront salary to make it. Uh, Cause he believed oh, wow. in the project so much. And there is again, a lot of love and, and detail in the movie, right? Like you can tell that there is reverence for this period mm. of Japan. And I, I would definitely say so. Yeah. It's done in a way that again, it is, it, I don't want to call it specifically superficial, but a lot of it does feel that way in the end result, right? Like there is so much attention paid to costumes, so much attention paid to set design, so much attention even paid to, you know, the the action and, and the battle scenes, right? Like Tom Cruise mm. trained oh, yeah. eight months for this movie, or right? he's doing all of that. He did all of the stunts. He's doing all the swordplay, like, you know, that he's that's him that's not ADR'd over him. That's him speaking in Japanese. Like, you know, so he, you know, he goes 100%. You got to give Tom Cruise credit in the sense of like, Every movie yeah. that you hear about him being in, like he dedicates to it fully. Really I don't know what that does mm. to his personal life, but he is a hundred percent on these films. And so, you know, like the movie itself, it's it's a beautiful film, similar to Dance of the Wolves. Like the cinematography in Dance of the Wolves is great. Cinematography here is great. Like there's a lot of things mm-hmm. to appreciate about it. But it's <laughs> very historically inaccurate. And this is where we get into a lot of the issues because there's a lot of historians who just do not like this movie because it's playing fast and loose with a lot of stuff. So I'm going to read some stuff. Um, I would advise people after this to look up some of the names that I'm saying, because it's, it's a lot, there's a lot. I'm not, it would, this is a whole other podcast for me to really <laughs> do not claim to what's happening. Know these names that well. Right. So first of all, when you when we were even thinking about this period of Japan, right? Like Japan had gone through several civil wars in mm-hmm. like the buildup to this period, you know, in terms of their own internal struggle of figuring out what their country was going to be, right? There was a lot of back and forth, you know, in, in a previous period, there were several feudal systems. There wasn't an emperor. There were just a lot of different clans and and people, you know, having their own dominion and all of them had samurai, right? All of them had basically an army. And so Mm -hmm. the samurai were basically the warrior class of Japan. They would all fight for who was their emperor, right? Who was their Bushido. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they were united, right? And so at that point there was peace basically for, you know, 250 years, which meant that the samurai themselves had nothing to do. There was no wars to fight. There was no battles. There was nothing like that, right? There was a few things here or there that they were called to do, but not really anything on the scale of what they had been called to do previously. And mm-hmm. so what that meant was samurai were kind of like a fixed class, right? They were a martial class. They were the only ones who were allowed to fight. They were the only ones allowed to carry swords. They had a lot of privileges, but 
What that also meant was they weren't allowed to do anything else. They couldn't have any other jobs or any other positions, right? And so eventually what started to happen is some of the underclass, right, were able to kind of earn more money than them and do other things than them because as the economy and things began to change, they were kind of becoming outdated. And so a lot of what is happening in this movie historically is that the samurai didn't want to be become redundant, right? Like a yeah. lot of the rebellion wasn't over Japanese morals or the Bushido code or any of that. It was like, we are being phased out of relevancy and we don't like that. You know what I mean? So we want to mm. maintain our privilege as a class. We want to, we still want to be the only ones that have weapons. We still want to be the ones that you have to respect. You know, it was like, I think in the laws, like they could discipline or outright kill anybody who showed them disrespect. Like it was that mm -hmm. level of like the emperor, right? Samurai, right? Like they were, they were right <laughs> yeah. under that and they didn't want to lose yeah. that. Yeah, but they're basically just like soldiers, right? When you watch this movie, you wouldn't even think that, right? Because they're yeah. this honorable class that it's like, oh, wow, like this is, it's so great. <laughs> you know, what they're doing is so great, but it's like, it's not that they were bad people, more or less, but I think that's a lot of, some of the Japanese reaction is like, well, that's not what samurai were like, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're, they're coming at it with this historical mm -hmm. context of like, well, we know what the samurai class was actually like. And yeah, it wasn't like they were yeah. like, you know, roving bands of scumbags, but it was more like, but that they, that's not what they wanted, you know, like Bushido was important to, or uh, yeah. All that stuff was yeah, important to the, them, but the she was, was important to important, them. But also, but they weren't out here just like <laughs> recklessly disobeying the laws of the land right. for no reason. And so they, their whole impetus for this rebellion was less morals and and like maintaining the integrity of Japanese culture as much as it was maintaining their status and position within that mm. culture. Right. Sure. Sure. So that's one. <laughs> that's the first part. Uh, there's several people that are important to this story and kind of, you know, are alluded to and kind of the inspirations for characters, but the his the history behind them is very different. So first things first, uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a, a naval officer named Matthew Perry, uh, not from friends, but uh, I don't, I mean, they it could be an ancestor, but so he was originally sent, to Japan from America during this period where Japan was isolated from the rest of the world. They were not trading with anybody. If you came to Japan, they would kill you. Like you just, you couldn't come there. Japanese people couldn't leave. Matthew Perry shows up with a bunch of ships and is basically like, fuck that. You're going to trade with us or <laughs> we're going to come back here and start blowing shit up that for real like that's basically the yeah, ultimate yeah. that was the ultimatum that he gave them was either you're going to open yourself up to the rest of the world america in specific or like we're just going to invade you and make you do that and so yeah. again you would not know that <laughs> from watching this movie where you would think it was japan's idea to like oh yeah we really do need to like keep up with the western world instead of the western world saying you you're you're coming with us. We're going to, you know, you have things that we want, mm -hmm. things that we need, and either you're going to trade with us willingly or we're going to make you do that, right? So that's that part, right? So he's not even in this movie. He's not a character in this movie, but that's just like 
the the history of how a lot of these things came to be. So in actuality, what was happening was Japan was trading primarily with Germany. You know, they wanted the German weapons and like kind of they were seeing how Germany, you know, Germany's military and they were kind of interested in that, right? They were trading with, with France primarily and they were trading, I think, with England a bit. So America wasn't even really in that circle, right? Like they yeah. were not, American soldiers weren't going over there to train them to do anything. So the main impetus for the Aldrin character is actually a French soldier uh, named Jules Burnett, who did really go over to Japan and was part of, you know, several revolutions in Japan as a soldier. When one of those revolutions were over, he decided to stay in Japan. Like, you know, he was being called back, but he was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to stay here. Uh, but he also wanted to kind of keep furthering the French, you know, political influence in Japan. Sure, right? sure. So he eventually does leave Japan and like is considered to be a war criminal after like all of the things that he did in Japan. But like he was known throughout Japan as being like, you know, a soldier who was helping to train the Japanese army and the military and like was helping to, you know, bring in weapons to them. And like he goes on to do a bunch of other stuff in France as a soldier. But again, when you look at Tom Cruise's character, like he wasn't here for this period. Like he was not fighting and he was not, he didn't know uh, the inspiration for Katsumoto. Like he was not around during this period of time and mm. eventually was just like, Oh, okay. I'm done with Japan. I'm going back to France. Right. So he wasn't like, Oh, samurai. Like, you know, I love <laughs> what you represent. I want to be a part of you. He was like, y'all are cool. And like, I'll fight along with you, but then I got other shit to do over here. So now I'm going to leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last part, because I there's, I mean, there's a lot to go into, but the last part is, so uh, Saigo Takamura is the inspiration for Katsumoto, and he was what he is considered to be the last samurai, like in historical context, and so like he was the actual person who was rebelling during this time. He was rebelling for the reasons that I stated before, not because he wanted Japan to stay in some kind of like frozen state but wanted to maintain his status and actually was like not opposed to guns. Like samurai had guns like hundreds of years before mm. this movie took place. Like they, they were like, using guns. Like once guns yeah. became a thing, they were like bet guns are, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, we'll, like this, this kills people. Let's just use it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, like we'll keep the swords, like we'll do the swords too. But like, if we can we shoot can do you that before too. we get close to you, then like, well, yeah. yeah, that's, that's better. So they had, I want to do that right? too. Yeah, they they had they were using guns way before the Japanese army itself had been using guns and weren't using the shitty American guns, but were using the superior European guns that they were getting from all their other connections. And so, like all the you know, like the muskets that you see them using in this movie, like they had every, everything was better than that, you know. And so, basically, what happens is that um, Saigo Takamura like eventually gets to a point with uh the meiji where he's like yeah like either either we're going to do things the way that i want to do them or you know i'm going to round up the samurai we're going to rebel right so like it gets to that point they rebel it's not a battle it's several battles they fight over the period of of two months 
he eventually it does come down to swords only because they run out of ammunition. So they have to use the swords. I mean, I was waiting it. for that to happen in the movie, honestly. So yeah. that makes sense. Right. So again, it's not that he like didn't want to use swords for some moral reason. It was like, or use guns for some moral reason. It was like, we don't, we were we out of out. bullets. <laughs> so like, we this is the out. only way that we I fucked can... up. Right. And so eventually he is like mortally wounded and then commits seppuku, you know, in, in the middle of the battlefield As and that kind of ends the rebellion. But when you think about all of those things, right, in context, right, like so much of this movie is predicated on a lot, of, a lot of things that aren't true, right? And so much of what happens in this movie, this is what always just I struggle with with these films is like the parts that are like have no even historical basis are the parts that you had full control over and you made this choice, right? So like. And you did that on purpose. Yeah. Why? Why is there a love story in this movie? Right? <laughs> like, what? Why? What? Why is that necessary? Why does that have to happen? That's a thing that you decided to do because you wanted to have that in there, but you didn't have to do that. that scene There's is, no historical I mean, context the, the, for it. The scene where he sees her in the in the like uh, the river stream, like showering or whatever, so creepy. So he sees her creepy. twice. It goes on way too long. And why yeah. is Bob there? <laughs> Well, he Bobby, sees her. He sees Bobby her. got enough respect to be out of the frame. Like at least be out of the frame. Just yeah. don't be in the frame. Yeah. Well, he sees her twice, right? He sees her in that scene, and then he sees her in her home, also undressing. And then they kind of look at each other, and she's like, "I guess you can watch." Yeah. It's just like this is such a weird. Ugh. Everything about this is weird. Um, yeah. You know, like, like it. having Aldrin like be this person who's like coming over to train these bumbling fools who like can't even they don't know how guns oh, work yeah. and all this stuff yeah, where it's just yeah. like well that well no like they know how guns you know <laughs> like they're they have all the things that we have like it easily could have been him coming over to like train them in western you know military tactics where it's like you yeah, have the weaponry yeah. you know how to yeah. use it this is how we do things you know like we could go from there but like so many of the things happen because they need other things in the movie to happen right like the military can't be advanced because they would have just killed the samurai and then there wouldn't have been all this other stuff right like and so there's just a lot of weird things where history is 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 better it's a better movie but also (laughs) like the fact that they decided to kind of like just just pick and pull from different historical figures and things to not even really honor any of those people right but more so just to like use them as like very like minimal skeletons to yeah like hang the movie that they wanted to make right which is always just a weird thing because it's yeah. just like, but you, but there's already a movie, like there's already a thing there. You have a better and you've movie. decided, yeah, you've decided that. But I, but this is a movie that I want to make. So like, you know, what if we just like play yeah. Mad Libs with history and uh, kind of insert some of the things that I want in here to to kind of because like, why does this movie have a happy ending? Like, I don't, I don't get that either. Like, why, why does Tom Cruise get yeah. to ride off into the sunset when? That none of that's necessary because um, he's because he's the white man that they sold this movie on yeah. and to you know what I mean? Right, right. right. Ugh. 
But yeah, I mean, mm. when you guys does that, does all of that information change the way that you view this movie, knowing that like so much of it is not just historically inaccurate, but also like done in a way as to kind of like obscure the real history of of what happened. Uh, I'd say for myself, like, um, yeah, because I've watched it so many times. Yeah, I've definitely like just taken it in like that's Japan as much <laughs> as I've like just read some general stuff, but I haven't read a lot of history about Japan. Yeah. So there's bits and pieces that are that I know, but then also just watching the films, I think well, the film a lot of times, I think I've just ingrained a lot of this stuff as fact or haven't really looked into what is true. And yeah, there are obviously are a lot more interesting things to like to actual reality and um yeah, like wonder what what was their, you know, understand, uh, you know, what were the writers thinking and what was the the premise behind that? Because, you know, obviously, like with the film industry, it's like there's so many different things. It could start off with one person and then the studio says, okay, but you've got to add this. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, really? It's like, it's like, oh, this is going to be a film all about Japan, total Japanese cast about The Last Samurai. You know, we've got all these great things. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, awesome. Um, Yeah, Tom Cruise is coming to produce. Um, he wants to be the last samurai. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, well, <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe. I can't, can't, I can't say no because the movie's going to get made. So, uh, yeah. Mm. It's it's weird. It's weird. And I feel like the movie, as good as it is, especially in a lot of parts, still reeks of it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Still reeks of like that undoing type of storytelling. Yeah. Well, so when you listen to. Zwick and Cruz talk on the behind the scenes. So much of their commentary and like discussion about the film is just about Algren, right? Like they don't really talk about Japan or <laughs> or Kazumoto or any of these characters. It's really about oh, okay. like the movie is about him, and that's how they see the movie as being about him, and they see the movie being about his specific journey and not necessarily about oh, yeah. like. Oh, yeah. This is this is that's a convenient. That's un, undoubted. Yeah, like all of this is a convenient uh, setting to kind of place that story, right? But like, it's not necessarily done in a way where they want to really explore this period of time as much as they use it as a, a backdrop to explore this particular character and kind of his emotional journey. Uh, but that didn't stop mm. people from loving this movie because when you look around, we'll run it down. If you go to IMDb, 7.7 7 yeah, out of 417,000 reviews. Uh, that's high. <laughs> when you look at uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's at a 66, which is you know not as high. The audience score is 83%. A little more discerning. Yeah. Well, when you go to our favorite Amazon uh, five stars, baby. <laughs> 7,000 reviews. Any old idiot is just, wa- hey, man, I liked it. I there were some it. colors in there I liked. You know, I liked the darker colors. I saw some greens. Yeah, yeah great movie, great movie. So what's interesting <laughs> is when we get into Japan, right? Like the Japanese reception of this movie is interesting because I think there was a little back and forth but uh, there was there was a lot of critical, positive uh, reception in Japan. One of the reviews reads that it was a vast improvement over previous American attempts to portray Japan. You know, they they were very impressed just by the research into Japanese you know history, but most more more in the sense of just like the reproduction of that period of time, right? Like I think they appreciated which seeing is, Japan, which is very impressive, honestly. 
the production yeah, design I, and everything that went into like portraying post Civil War Japan, like yeah, A plus. So, so I think they they were really impressed by that, um, and also seeing a lot mm-hmm. of their actors, you know, in a big Hollywood production. I think also was a source of pride to see Ken Watanabe and you know a lot of these other people that they know, right? Like they're movie stars over there in Japan, but now they're mm-hmm. they're getting a chance to be seen by a wider audience and you know be in this big Hollywood production. So I think they enjoyed right. that. But there was also some pushback because they were just like, but that's not samurai right like that's just not that's not how we view this culture that's not how we view samurai and so there there was some just kind of like back and forth in terms of we like we appreciate a lot of this larger thing but like historically this is not accurate right and so like, there was a, wrong <laughs> there was a little division there where there's the most division however seemingly is on reddit where people love discussing The Last Samurai, in particular, whether or not it is a white savior film, in particular, <laughs> whether or not Tom Cruise is The Last Samurai. And I mean, if you want to go over, I'm not going to get into Sheesh. it, into it, but like multiple, and when I say multiple, I mean like, you know, there's, you know, Google is giving you mul- like, you know, you're you're getting like the the seven, eight, nine, dot, dot, dot. Like, should we keep going? Do you want to see more of this result kind of situation? So, oh, geez, I, I don't know what it is about this oh. movie that white people in particular get defensive about when it comes to Tom Cruise potentially being the last samurai because they like they they don't want it because they don't want to acknowledge that this film might be racist. <laughs> I think that's one of the things where it's just like, but you like that's if you can't see it, you know, and that's so many of these movies, it's like they just this avatar, you know, down the line. They're like, but they're they're I'm ch- choosing not to see what I Right. They always retort with, but they saved him. Right? And it's like, but that's that's the problem though, is when you when you no. view it from that standpoint, no. right? of of these people existing only to save white character right like that's their whole modus operandi is the film is to make sure right. that this white that's, man that's what you're missing in that argument right but then it's also like th- they're also missing the, the the part where he's still white right at the end of the day <laughs> when all of this is over tom cruise still a white man tom cruise if he stays in japan great if he goes back to europe or America, great. Like he's great everywhere. There's no problems for him. He's gonna be fine, right? <laughs> the the other people in the movie, though, <laughs> mm. all the samurai who died, all the people who lost fathers, husbands, brothers, sons, like all of that seems people to not be of concern. Been, sure. Like the the turmoil within Japan seems to not be a concern. The only concern is whether or not Tom Cruise is okay, right? And so when you look at these movies. You get a lot of this pushback, I think, to them being white savior films because it's the idea of, okay, but but he did a good thing, right? And so that should mm-hmm. be rewarded, right? Like he did the noble right thing, so he should be beloved by the people that he did that on behalf of, as opposed to you could do a quote unquote good thing, but did anybody ask you to do that? 
Like, was that what the people <laughs> wanted you to do? Or did you just decide that that was what you were going to do because it seemed like an opportunity to step in and be heroic or do, or white guilt, right? Like th- this is the thesis of this movie is Tom Cruise is feeling extreme white guilt over the things mm. that he has done and is now going over here to maybe potentially undo some of that. But even to make, still- To make like, good on it, I guess. To make good on yeah. what he did. But white guilt isn't a good reason to do things, right? Because, like, are you Hell in no. that? <laughs> in- but that's what's so potent for <laughs> people that are making the case for that, like, that don't want to see it, you know, like, because the white savior is like a white power fantasy in yeah. general. And obviously it has, like, there's little element, there's, like, elements we could all say, like, it's like, is you know, are they speaking for a group of people? You know, does it, are they the best of those, you know, do they absorb all the skills of that culture and are presumed to be the best? Like, there's obviously like 10 check boxes mm-hmm. we can say, and, you know, not every film will have those, but, you know, you can have enough to be like, this still is a bit of problematic and what it's trying to say yep. to viewers. Sorry to cut you Oh, off, no, no, on. that's, yeah, I agree with all of that because that's really what it comes down to is that in trying to ignore those elements of it, right? Like, we can, we don't, this is a whole other podcast and all the conversation, but people are having the same conversation now with Dune, right? People are watching Dune and they're saying, well, mm. Paul is not a white savior because X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. But then there's other people who are like, obviously he is, right? And like, you can still... Yeah, it's like, no yeah, shit. this is the conflicting <laughs> thing, right? Like, you can still appreciate these movies and a lot of the things that they do, but also acknowledge those elements of them, right? And that's the only way that this stuff starts mm. to dissipate is because people are saying, oh, but you're you're doing that thing we don't like. You know what I mean? Like we see it and we're calling it out. And so the people being like, oh, like maybe, but mm. like, let's not talk about it, right? Like let's not bring it to the forefront because that's ruining my enjoyment of this movie. And it's like, well, do you want to enjoy this movie or do you <laughs> like- Or do you want to really get it? Yeah, do you want to get to the root of a lot of the things that these movies are doing that are having harm, like causing harm, right? Like causing harm- in real ways, whether it be specifically just in the industry standpoint, right? Like pigeonholing people or holding people back from furthering their careers or even having careers, right? Or, you know, in a larger sense, Mm. just representation, seeing yourself on screen, the way that people are portrayed, the way that people are then seen by other people, right? This is a movie about Japan that propagates itself as a true story. If you don't know any better, you think you're learning something, you think you're getting pieces of history, you think Algren is a real person, right? A lot of people aren't going to look up this mm. after they see the movie. <laughs> They're going to watch the movie right, and be right. like, well, I trust I trust why, that's why we do this. research. <laughs> right. You're going to say, well, I trust that they did the research for this movie, but it's like, yeah, but, you know, if you just take that next How step of like, looking into it, you're going to say, oh, well, that none of that was true right and like you can still do movies about you know times in history and periods of history but the way that we go about doing them i think is something that really needs to be considered because if you're gonna tell me not even like history but specifically like you're gonna tell me that all of this cultural stuff is true this is an american movie about another country right like this is a movie from another country yeah. about another country telling me about that country. And if you're going to do that, like we've talked about this before, 
it's a movie. Okay, I'm not expecting if if I wanted to get the real history, I'd watch a documentary, right? Like, so some of this is going to be made up for the expressive of story, for the expressive just having everything happen in a time mm. period that allows this movie to resolve itself, right? Like, I'm not expecting it to all be 100% accurate, but when the ratio is like 10%, like that's a problem, right? Like, I need to get closer to 50 than not mm. you know if you could give me certain things that you bend the truth on that's fine but when more of the movie is a lie mm. than anything else like now we're getting into territory where people are coming away from these films feeling as if they have more of a grasp on japanese culture and history when really they're just learning what zwick wanted you to see to, to make a movie they're copying uh, copying somebody who didn't who studied the cliff notes well, let's let's get into reimagining this movie um, and kind of the ways that this movie could be turned around and seen through, you know, the the lens of the Japanese, the samurai and instead of the good Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Marathon, you're our guest. You know, is there a way that you see this movie taking place, either completely removing Tom Cruise or being posited through a different lens? Or do you think this is like, don't even make this movie again, like just leave the last samurai behind i had i thought of one change like that you could make just a casting change uh and you could make Olgren a native american mm -hmm. and then see what kind of comes out of that because you know like with with any war um like of colonized people um yeah there are there are people that are on the the side of uh, the the colonized people that have worked with the colonizers for self-preservation purposes or, you know, whole myriad of um, reasons. Um, and obviously this wouldn't necessarily be capable by a, a white writing team and a white director, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, obviously in different hands, you know, there is something to say about uh, the history of those types of things and how that could be paralleled. And you could be like, oh, you have a, you know, if you want to have your popcorn cool thing as well, it's like, hey, there's a Native American guy in samurai armor. That's really cool representation. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, just on a base level. But yeah, I was just thinking about, yeah, the, the trauma that comes with that. And it's like an indigenous person who has been colonized and they're part of this system, this American state that's like kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, shipping off soldiers or tra you know, to, to train other countries to battle their indigenous um, people. Um, you know, in better hands, like there is something ripe about that that could be expanded on having like real life, um, uh, you know, facts and based on research and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'll let you guys like, I guess I haven't thought about it too much in terms of, um, yeah, if it didn't have the white character in it completely, because obviously, um, I, I don't know too much of the history. So I thought maybe, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you could lead us in that and I'll riff yeah. off that. Cameron, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, so reimagining The Last Samurai, uh, I would probably have it done from a POC lens or just from the lens of the people who whose story this is, because this is Japan's story to tell, right? Uh, it's a integral part of their uh, the modernization of their defense systems. Uh, it's a huge change in the traditional in their tradition in their cultural tradition um and sure maybe it might even actually truly be wrapped up in this one white dude from america's story 
but it is Japan's story to tell. So I would like to see it from the Japanese, you know, filmmakers point of view. You know, I would rather I would rather see this movie. Yeah. Uh, told by the Japanese, because honestly, the whole like when he gets there and they're ragtag and they're goofy, uh, some of that stuff honestly plays goofy. And it does. And I didn't. I felt that was really childish of this movie. If it's supposed to be one of such prestige, uh, why would you even like degrade the people like that? Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be. This movie's all about honor. Why would you do that? Why would you talk? Uh, why would you talk to them to their face like this? Not. Nah. Uh, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if you still got the drop, but it's like you know, you don't even go here, yo. Like. And you don't even go here. That's, that's right. That's right. He doesn't go here. He does not. It's not his no. story. So I would want to see no. it told by the Japanese. Because yeah. I'm sure even his drunk, goofy ass made a couple mistakes when he got there. So I'm sure they would have some jokes mm. on him. But I'm sure it would yeah. be a differently told story. And probably one without a Taka character, honestly. Right. I just feel bad for well, what they so, did to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's two ways that I could see this movie being remade, sure. right? First of all, you could just have it be Katsumoto. Mm. It's his movie. It's his movie. He's Tom the Cruise last samurai. Yeah. Tom Cruise could show up as like a, a, a supporting character in the movie, but like it's really Katsumoto's movie. And like we really need to know not even just his POV, but like things leading up to the point where Tom Cruise shows up, right? Like we need some of that backstory and like filling in those blanks because you know why he's doing what he's doing and why it matters so much to him and like what it would mean for these changes to happen to Japan mm -hmm. are kind of left for us to infer it's a mm -hmm. it's a bad thing. Westernization is a bad thing. You know, that's what we get, but we don't really get the why or why. Mm -hmm. Why it would be such a huge change to them. And I think having Katsumoto be the lens for that for us to see that you know we could kind of see what he was yeah. you know in that society and like how things were beforehand and then you know we get we get the change and we get these westerners coming in and starting to influence society and like what that would mean on a large scale right so just make a katsumoto's movie the other movie you could make which you know they they have talked about and there was a netflix anime about it is yasuka uh, oh, yeah, who yeah. was the first African, who was the first, he wasn't just an African samurai. He was literally the first non-Japanese samurai. Like he was the first outsider to come into the culture and be made a samurai, mm -hmm. legit. It is an actual true story. <laughs> it is documented in Japan. Like there's, there's paintings of him. Like there's all of these things where you can have a for real true story about an outsider coming into Japan and being made into a samurai. He's not the last samurai, <laughs> but he is part of the samurai <laughs> culture and you can understand. Sorry, I'm just laughing at what they would have called this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it was what written directed by white people, what they would have called this film. The Black Samurai. It's the Black the Samurai. Black samurai. Uh, yeah. Uh, Judas but, and the Black Samurai. Yeah. But Yasuka is the cool story. It is like a cool it's, story. It's, there's, there's so much that you could pull from. And I think that you could really make a film that has probably a lot of the same things that they're trying to get at in this movie. Sure. Just 
just you know not with a white man <laughs> mm. and it, it, was that was that guy um like a w- what part of the world did he come from they say that he's from mozambique oh okay um but other people say maybe ethiopia or nigeria but they yeah well they do say that he came to japan with an italian jesuit and that's kind of like how he came to be but right. like a lot of his history whether or not he was a slave or you know what his mm. you know position was you know with mm-hmm. that jesuit and kind of how he broke off from him and became to you know came to be with the samurai um is is a little bit you know lost to history but i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that you could turn that into a great film you know the anime is pretty cool flying lotus soundtrack uh <laughs> so it is, it is a it is a good it's a pretty good anime yeah. yeah i haven't watched it yet but i love fly low his music yeah. yeah it's great so let's get to this caucasity ranking of the last <laughs> yes <Samurai. laughs> uh i'm very interested to see where everybody puts this because i'm still in my mind trying to formulate exactly where it should go i think i'm formulating in real time myself actually yeah there's three levels to it so first level cameron so our first level of caucasity is um shorts in the winter time because this isn't this is an act of like this is weird you're doing a weird thing you're cold we know you're cold but it's also an act of violence unto yourself you're doing some weird that's for you you haven't touched me. I've observed it yeah. as weirdness, but you, you can keep that unto yourself. Now, is that? I'm curious to know. Is that an Australian thing? Like, yeah, because y'all don't outside? even have is like. Do y'all shorts? have winter time? Yeah, we do. <laughs> like, we just passed it. <laughs> Did you really? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's t- it's totally a thing. Like, white people just like <laughs> a- a- any any like increase of the temperature, they'll just be like, "Oh, we're going to the beach." I'm like, "You're going to the beach." It's like, damn, it's cold. What's like, what's up with you? I was like, us brown people were not built for this. Like, I like the mm-hmm. hot weather. You know, we have That's this true. melanin for a reason. We've adapted. Yeah, and I don't know what <laughs> okay. you're doing, but I it's, don't like it. It's good to see the vi- it's good to see the vibes are carrying over in Australia. <laughs> All right, so shorts in the winter time, low low active yeah. violence unto themselves, not unto us. Right. And the that, second level would yes. be this movie is touching my hair which is now you've encroached upon me, upon my space. <laughs> You're not doing the ultimate harm, but like... It is violence. It, yeah, it is bad. It like, is bad. this is it not is good. It's it's the, the medium level, you know what I mean? Like, we can still tone things down and take things back. But like, as of now, like, you've crossed a line. Yeah. And like, it, you, you really should watch what you do next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The last level, we we have gone through a, a myriad of, of different things. It could be Taylor Swift's cover of September. It could be uh, Chris Martin's cover of Pony repeatedly at this point. It could be <laughs> John Gruden's emails. Uh, and it could be <laughs> a teacher doing native dance to teach math, I think is the, the best way to describe how that <laughs> take it what you will but take what you will with it but it is it is categorized as an act of white violence <laughs> against yeah against our culture against the melanated cultures and it's and it's on purpose like you know yeah. you know what you're doing is wrong like this is not a mistake you know like you intentionally went along with this because you think it's funny you did or a you thing you thought it was something cute. or 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not like oops, I didn't know. It's like either you were just so ignorant to it and just decided that this was the the move to make, or mm-hmm. like you knew what you were doing. You and now you're just you're either you playing dumb or yeah. But it's it is like the ultimate. Like you've you really crossed a line, and now like there's legitimate issues. Um, so take what you will. So, Taylor Swift's cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. <laughs> Chris Martin from Coldplay, his cover of Genuine's Pony while barefoot with an acoustic upright bass, or you know John Gruden's emails, or wild ass teacher doing whatever they want. Active violence <laughs> is what we're at, calling that third top level. Where would you where would you rank this movie, Marathon? Uh, I'd probably go the the middle one. What was that? Sorry, don't touch my hair. Or it was yeah, touching my hair. Yeah, touching my hair. The the the, the movie's touching your hair. Yeah, because I I don't feel like the people that make it have enough uh awareness to be that intentional to do something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, right? Um, I just don't think they have the depth. You know, um, yeah. And so it's like it's pushing up there, but I don't think they've. Like where we could talk about films here yeah, where people just intentionally are doing things and they know it's really super harmful. Cause like you can't, yeah, it's just like with the, you know, the well meaning white person in certain instances, you could say, uh, you know, do they, are they really, you know, intentionally trying to do this and actively know all these things and all this baggage and they're actually doing it, even though we're more knowledgeable and it's actually hurting us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, it feels kind of, kind of in the middle in, in that way. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, Cameron, yeah. Um, What's your take? Yeah, this movie's touching my hair. This movie's definitely touching my hair. But it's like if a Harvard, it's like if a Harvard car- culture professor touched my hair. You know, I'm like you know better. What are you doing? But also, like you, you, you're doing. You, you fucked up. You fucked up, man. Yeah. However. You know, shouts to you and your whatever your class that you teach, because I'm sure you do well. I'm sure you teach decent material. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 my, my metaphor is a little thin, <laughs> but I, I feel like it's an educated touching of the hair. Sure. Yeah, I would say like I'm I am caught between because I don't I don't think we're all the way at the ultimate. Right. Like, no, I don't, no, I don't think no, we're. No. We're we're mm-hmm. dancing around our you know trigonometry class in a in a <laughs> headdress you know yeah, like no, I think no. that's that's a, a step beyond but I do think we're maybe at a at a hair point five right okay. like I think we're at like a like a somewhere in between five. where it's yeah it's like you know there's a lot of things about this movie that I was just like why did you make that decision you didn't have to do that. You're not following the history of anything. You're just making shit up just to do it. And like, it's weird because it is a, it's a better version of a lot of these movies. It is a better version of Dancing Wolves. It is a better version of Avatar. It is doing a lot of things. We didn't really get into the, the film film of it, but like Tom Cruise gives a good performance. Yeah. Definitely like, you know, all of the, the Japanese actors that are portraying the samurai give really good performances. Mm. Yeah. I'd even say this is one of Tom Cruise's like better performances bar none. Yeah. I mean, even the differences, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even the differences in like Kevin Cosner's I'm falling asleep reading the, you know, my journal entry compared to like Tom Cruise, like, you know, giving even in the voiceover, it's good. Like all of it's it's good. It's beautifully shot. Yeah, there's a lot of the you know, again attention to detail, immaculate. Like so many good things going on in this movie, and really honestly, if they had just had him 
kill himself at the end of the movie, I think I would have been like, okay, yeah, all right, you know, True like, honor. did you did you stick the landing? I maybe not, maybe but not, like, you, but like yeah. there was a lot of good things happening here that I could say, all right, you know, this is <laughs> get the history right. But other than that, like, yeah, sure, okay. Would but it? the fact that they make a lot of choices, whether it's yes, you know, Taka's character and just the absence of women, <laughs> you know, mm. in Japanese culture entirely, whether it's just completely ignoring a lot of historical facts that you know this movie is built upon whether yeah. it's again just the way that they over romanticize japanese society and culture to the point where they're they're othered in their own country right they're kind of like wow look at these amazing people who like live these amazing lives that we can't even conceive of where it's like no they're just people like this is the way they live it's not yeah. amazing be- it's only amazing because you don't understand it Right, like it's only it's only that because you 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 view anything other than the way that you live your life as like some kind of incredible mystical, you know. But it's like no, there's other societies, there's other cultures. People think do things different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So like, sure, you know, like th- we might find differences in cultures and, and say, huh, why does that happen? But like, it's not something where you say, oh my god, like wow, like look at that truly amazing like mm. piece of culture and history simply because it's not mine right like i think you you do a little bit of dehumanization to people when you don't give them that full three-dimensional characterization and depth where yeah. like yeah there weren't some of those samurai probably weren't good people yeah mm. <laughs> like that doesn't because that's the thing right like what if it wasn't like what if what if samurai culture wasn't something to aspire to for tom cruise is it still great like is it still what like if, what does if it, it hold that honorable? same yeah does it hold that same level of like awe and like you Would know romantic nature if, if he yeah if he saw it and was like oh i don't like that yeah you know like the, like is it does it lose value if you don't see like the beauty in it like i think that's part of the danger of these movies it's like well hmm. If it wasn't, if it wasn't this worth thing that, aspiring to or worth like living, is right. it is it worth saving or right. fighting for? And I think that's right. And I think we look at that a lot of the times with like the aspirational or like the almost impossible person of color in these movies where it's like, well, yeah, we, we have to help this kid get you know, a college, uh, <laughs> like a college scholarship, because look at him, you know, he, he lives in this horrible it. neighborhood, yeah. but he's like doing, he's a, he's a genius, you know, but it's like, well, what about the kid who's not a genius? Why, like, does why he deserve can't we to say, go to college yeah, why too? Why can't we save or, everybody? Why can't we? Yeah. yeah. So like people of color, often these movies have to be exceptional to be worthy of, you know, the white gaze in order for them to now be, you yeah. know, saved where it's just like, but that's, yeah. Like you think you're doing something good, but, but you're really you're still kind gross. of yeah you're just doing some some damaging things so all of those things together like don't push it to the extreme but like it's still a little bit over you know touching my hair like you're massaging the scalp like you're really getting deeper <laughs> than just like the, you know oh man kind of closing things out here are there any movies that you guys would recommend instead of the last samurai and i think if i can start i've got Go for two it. Um, and I mean, f- j- just in general, watch Kurosawa, <laughs> like just watch yeah, any, cause this movie apes Kurosawa. Yeah. 
And specifically, I mean, Watts, you know, Seven Samurai, like that's the yeah. one. But yeah. I mean, a lot of his different samurai epics are, you know, really, really good. There's another movie, though. It is similarly titled The Last Samurai, but it is a documentary. Yeah, it's Mufune, The Last Samurai. Oh, about Toshiro Mufune, Toshiro. About Toshiro Mufune Amazing. and like kind of his yeah. rise to stardom and uh you know him being in all these different movies by kurosawa but you know other other directors and kind of his what he meant to japanese film and what he meant to you know just like the the idea of the samurai um in media and you know it gets to i mean he was a wild dude like he <laughs> stuff uh, yeah that, your boy you know wild. like it's 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 entertaining on that level, but it is also just like a really well done documentary. Your boy Keanu Reeves is is narrating it, but it is, yeah, it's it. I think those are two things that if you actually want to get a sense of like samurai on film, but also like the behind the scenes or like the history of like samurai in film, like what that kind of means in general and how that's viewed through a Japanese lens. Uh, Cause these are all films made by, you know, Japanese filmmakers. I think those are two to check out if you're, if you're interested in learning more about that. Okay. I have one. I, it's not a mm-hmm. film and it's not made by a Japanese person, but I think it's like a nice fun thing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, uh, Bill Wirtz's History of Japan video on YouTube. This is just one of those YouTube confections that's just like a thing. You probably didn't know it existed, or if you do, then you know about it and you know how great it is. Basically, it's this guy who is kind of like a musical wonderkin, like knows how to write pop music, (laughs) but also Mm -hmm. has an incredible knowledge of Adobe After Effects. (laughs) And incredible sense of humor. Basically, it's a 20-minute video of him sing-songingly narrating the entire, like, textbook history of Japan. And it's hilarious and fun and incredibly informative. And it's one of those things that's, like, not... Well, it's objectively told, so there's no bias. It's just presenting Mm -hmm. the facts as such, like, you know... Japan has a history of literally just being led around by other countries kind of throughout its entire creation of being a nation. And they take a little, there's a little bit of fun of that in, in the story. It doesn't necessarily point out any specific parts throughout history, but it is a fun Mm -hmm. watch. And uh, let me know if you end up liking Bill Wirtz or not. (laughs) I mean, Bill Wirtz is like a cool internet artist. So yeah, yeah, check him out. Okay. All right. Uh, Brother, what about you? Uh, definitely need to check out that Mifune documentary. Um, yeah, big fan of Kurosawa. I'd, uh, yeah, probably bad that, we're, that I can only mention Kurosawa films. Um, <laughs> but uh, Yojimbo, that's a really cool one. Mm-hmm. Love Yojimbo. Um, yeah. And uh, it's a Ran. Um, Ron that is- one's quite interesting. Yeah. It's like based on Henry V. Um, I think. Uh, but that one is King, like King quite Lear. cool because like, King Lear. Oh, King Lear. Sorry. But I think, uh, yeah, like it kind of showing, I don't know, it feels like the power struggle that it shows and like how the samurai are to each other is very true to the real history because it's like these are all people with conflicting egos and desires who just, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) when you get to that certain type of class, like you are going to be egotistical to that way. You know, you're not just going to be some person that's like 
training every day or whatever and doing like yeah. the simple pleasures of like farming or whatever like when it gets to it you're just like you know uh controlling people yeah. um so I'd, I'd recommend those two films um for sure Further on the way out, uh, let us know everything that you got going on. Let us know, you know, what projects you're working on, where people can find you on the internet. Um, you know, I, I love following your Twitter because you've got a lot of really great, just like film stuff going on, but also like, you know, important social and activist stuff going on. And I'm always like, oh man, like it's, it's great to know these different things are happening throughout the world. Cause I think, you know, obviously for us here in America, we get very isolated in our own politics and our own, you know, social issues, but it's a, it's a big world out there and there's yeah, a lot of things yeah. going on. Um, and it's always great to kind of have, you know, different perspectives, specifically when it comes to social and class issues. Cause I think we're all struggling with the same things, you know, just throughout mm. the world and like having that solidarity is important, you know, just to know that like, not, it's not just us, but like, it's also not just us, you know, like, you know, do the work here, but also be on the lookout for other places that, you know, need assistance and we can kind of all band together in that way. But yeah, yeah. let us know what, what, what you got going on. Uh, okay, sure. Um, I've already mentioned that I've got uh, my video essay channel. Um, I guess what I have like tons and tons of ideas that I'm working on all the time. One video that I'm working on is uh, why uh, the ABC, which is uh, not the American one, but the Australian one, um, why that's capitalist propaganda. Because I recently put out a video about like colonizing the moon, just like this big fluff piece on like Elon Musk and like all the, you know, hmm. all those companies that are seeking to colonize the moon. And I'm like, God, why are you doing It's like, <laughs> just like, you know, do you, do you have any self-awareness at all? Um, just like some of those things repeating. So it's a bit more of a funnier one than like a, a total, like a uh really backed up in like history and research and stuff mm -hmm. um I, I was thinking about doing a james bond one on imperialism because i i watched the uh the recent um films again like casino real and kind of like in time for um the newest one that's just come out or hasn't come out in australia yet but yeah i, I was working on that uh which will be a, a fun project um yeah, I guess uh, on Twitter, you can find me on uh, not videopathy, but video empathy. I thought that was very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm an Elam Tamil, which is um, a, a group of people that are um, generally from uh, Sri Lanka. Um, and because of that, um, there's a lot of displacement because we had a, a liberation war. Um, and uh, so Tamils are kind of all across the world. And yeah, being in Australia, kind of like a, re a result of displacement, I've recently mm. gotten involved in like refugee activism and like organizing and stuff like that. So been across like a lot of uh, different issues that are that are happening in our country, like trying to be against our imperialist interests and stuff like that. And also supporting the the refugee cause. That's kind of the key thing that I'm involved in, that I'm, I'm part of a group. So mm. um, yeah, it's been really interesting over the past few years kind of yeah, learning a lot more through uh, like leftist uh, creators on YouTube and stuff like that on Twitter as well. Um, trying to have like a more well-rounded well like internationalist view of kind of like how, you know, working class people were all um, fucked over. And um, yeah, obviously with a big focus on like race and white supremacy and mm -hmm. capitalism mm -hmm. and all those things that come with yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm about. Obviously, I love films as well. And so it's very funny when you're, you know, maybe i'm watching the newest marvel film being like i kind of enjoyed that but also that shit's fucked like you know, <laughs> some of the some of the messages that are in it and you're like you know we could talk about that as well um it yeah. should be fun but yeah um thank you for having me on it was like really really yeah. fun of course cameron what, what have you got going on you might you might be on bull soon 
No. Is that man. happening? <laughs> oh, I, no, 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 man. I literally had I wanted to see you the, uh, get shot. <laughs> I. Jordan helped me with an audition the other day. Thank you for helping me. I did uh, get shot in my bedroom uh, <laughs> as a, trying to get on a cop show. It didn't work out. Or maybe it did. I don't know. I haven't heard from him yet, but still hmm. trying to be on we'll TV see. more. Uh, American TV, maybe Barathon. Eventually, I'll get into something that you'll see over overseas someday. <laughs> But other than that, we're making jokes on Twitter, you know, just vibing out here on social media, unemployed, gang, gang, uh, <laughs> you know, living it out till uh, dystopia. Let's get it going. Let's get it popping. Uh, find me on the Blipster 1138 on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Yep. Just, we're, we're, we're hurtling closer, Cameron. So I feel yeah, like, right. You know. Right. Might as well go out. <laughs> go out yeah. with embrace a, it yeah embrace it embrace that life you know embrace the void that's our, that's our oh my god <laughs> i was trying not to get dark because i know i'll be i'll be dark sometimes i'll be like we get an existential dude i'm playing the last of us right now man I'm on, on playstation i'm playing the last of us and it's looking pretty uh accurate if you know what i'm saying yeah, looking out the window just like wait what it's <laughs> just like yeah just like play, play the last of us and look outside like oh shit was i playing this too long did dystopia just come and like just did it come already shit you never know we uh, don't that's the problem <laughs> Oh, uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can you can find me on Twitter at jrsosa18, jrsosa18. Comics coming, working on that. Um, so I'll I'll continue to update you on that if people want to check that out. jclarkcomics.squarespace.com. That's where you can find the comics at. Um, or go on your Comicsology and 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 look me up on there too. So all that stuff should be coming soon. But we'll we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, But again, Barathon, thank you so much for coming on. And everybody will catch you next week. Peace. Peace. See ya. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.